I'm going to say Shimei because there's a story behind that one. Man, yeah, these are hard questions. Sounds simple, huh? Chronics. I'm still doing plantains and platano maduros, vegan stuff, sticking to the Latin things, but then, you know, I love the Thai food. and Easter podcast we're back with another episode seems like we're still trending a bi-weekly episode every two weeks um, you know how this podcast loves to take field trips it's, it's kind of like what we pride ourselves in uh, considering I can't afford a studio at the time being but the sponsorships will roll in <laughs> cut the check but no seriously um, this is a hell of a field trip we were out here in, in on the big island of Hawaii no, wait. No, we're not the big guy. We're Oahu, right? Oahu. Oahu. See, okay, that's what I got the co-host for. But I'm going to get to who the co-host is. I'm going to get to who the guest is. It's the big city. It's the big city, not the big island. Got you. All right. Um, yeah, forgive me. It's only been four days. <laughs> but indeed, we're here. We took a field trip. One of Probably one of the biggest field trips this podcast has taken. Typically, we bless a brewery, um, any of those who are nice enough to have us. But this time around, man, we, we flew out to Hawaii. Um, take a little break and and despite the break I felt like it was necessary to, to sit down and talk at least with a couple people while we're here the big city um, before I get to my guests uh, big shouts to skins skins is gonna be the co-host today all right shouts to skins uh, Bruce Beast and East alumni you've heard him before you've seen him for sure and, um, and we're here man he's uh, he was he was kind enough to to, to allow us to um, pull up and, and chill with him for some time which we're taking full advantage of. And um, yeah, man, we're here. We pulled up. We, while we're here, I figured, yo, I, I know it's been a minute since I've been following this person. Met him a long time ago. We'll get into that. And um, and, I, and he's like, yo, he's right down the way. So I said, with that, I'm like, well, we got to sit down and talk. And, and I'm talking about none other than um, DJ, DJ Extraordinaire. Not like many others. Coop DeVille, my good man. Blessings, yeah. blessings. How we doing, sir? How y'all doing? <laughs> cool, man. Um, th- and thank you, thank you for uh, making the time and bring us, bringing us into the fold here, where we can sit down with you and uh, and just talk and give me an excuse to drink beers or continue the beer <laughs> drinking as I have been doing <laughs> in these past days. But um, Coop, man, how you doing? Great, man. Great. Okay. Feels good to see some familiar faces. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you mentioned earlier, when we first popped up, um, it had it has been a while since we've seen each other. Right. Um, probably, it's funny now that I'm thinking about it, we, last time we cha- saw each other was was very likely at the very initial conception of the name of this podcast. Um, I've said it before, um, on this podcast and, and the chance I've gotten to go sit down and talk with other people on their, uh, on their platforms, and um, Skins had a lot to do with the name of this podcast. It was actually when one of those times where he was coming down to the Miami River 
and uh, we hadn't seen nobody had seen him in a while he was traveling between new york and here and we would take the opportunity to go link up you know visit skins he's down here for a little while had a spot on the miami river um and one of the flyers that he put out you know skins being the ever the promotional the marketing strategies um then I think it was like text messages, but you could still put a picture on a text message. It wasn't like we had smartphones, <laughs> but he would shoot something out. It would come through for Bruce Beats and Eats at the crib, and I was like, and that stuck with me. Um, I say that to say that that was probably the last time that I think I saw you in person. You were spinning at the house. There was Beats there. Um, there was there was like a multitude of people there. Like everybody yeah. pulled up. You know, Classic was there. Yeah. Um, I think um, who else was there? Rob Productions was there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I don't want I don't know if brother Mike was there. I don't know if brother Mike was. But but needless to say there was a bunch of people there. We all united. Yo, Magnum Mo was there. I'm sure, yeah, he was there for sure. Um and man, so that was like the last time we saw each other. Now you've I'm, I'm sure there's a multitude of things you've accomplished since then and you find yourself doing nowadays. But let's go to the time before that. Um Miami born and raised? Not born. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh born uptown Spanish Harlem. Okay. New York. Uh, 1970, one of the greatest years, I think. I, 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 <laughs> you know? But yeah, uh, uptown. Okay. Okay. How soon after that did you find yourself in Miami? And what was that transition like? Uh, it was a fight because mm. the culture in New York at that time was was really spreading, and and it was uh, it was kind of a. Uh, always a detour from sometimes from going to school to go all the way okay. from Queens to the Bronx mm. because we had left the Bronx and then had to go over there and see my friends again, cut school. We was way too young to be doing this. <laughs> we was doing it anyway for hip hop, right? Yeah. We wanted to get more of that from our hood, you know what I'm saying? And um, it took a while when I came to Miami to get adjusted because it was opposite of the lively city life and all this. Mm vibes going on, dancing, graffiti, and everything, right? Yeah. So it, it took a while to settle in. So about, you know, 10 years, 12 years, between 1980-82, that's when I'm like, all right, you know, we'll settle in Miami. Because I just, even though my parents were down there, I'd be like, I want to go back to New York, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hang out with my tia or my uncle or something, wow. right? And that's how I would get away with, like, all right, you know, go back to New York, go back to New York, kind of stick with what's going on. Okay, you know I mean? okay. But, uh, Where did yeah. you land? Yeah, land, so when you land. Land. Oh, where did I land? Oh, um, this is weird, bro. So my father had gone there first, and he got something smaller than probably the size of this room. It's my room. It was up there. It was right down the street from the Miami Dolphin Stadium. Second Street, so I was like Second Street and 12th Avenue, and I was on the east side of that. Mm. Wow! And then later went to Carroll City wow. and did Carroll City over there. Okay. And that's why I started seeing fools bringing out the boom boxes and stacking the speakers. Right. And an, like, an element of what you were used to. We are already because yeah. Colombia's sound system culture is like that. They have a big sound system culture, gotcha. right? So I already had vibe with that too. And I was just like, oh. And my father saw that. He's like, oh, no. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? He knew he was in trouble then because he just knew how much I like yeah. the music. And I was like, you're going to be attracted music, to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so then we ended up moving back on the west side of 12th Avenue now, right down the street from Orange Bowl. And then that's where it all began, really, where 
the DJing and the graffiti and the break dancing and all that happened in like 82, 83, 84. Okay. The battling and all that. Wow. And then the gang era. Of course. <laughs> that, of came course. With, that came with that. Yeah. In the late 80s, right? But yeah, the Orange Bowl is where it all started. Nice. The Death Force crews, graffiti crews. Okay. Started down there. History there. And that's kind of how it all happened with the DJing and the breakdancing and, and seeing, you know, all the elements, yeah. When was the first time you were able to get behind a set of turntables? Uh, yeah, once, once we moved uh, to that spot in, Orange, in the Orange Bowl, my pops had a black turntable, and I got, and I didn't pay attention before he been had it, right? Yeah. But I didn't pay attention until I saw somebody else DJing on black turntables, and I was like, the arm, right, the curve arm, yeah. was a special thing. And I didn't pay attention to it. When I look at my dad's turntable, he's like, he's got a curved arm turntable. Oh, what's going on here, right? I'm like, so I put a record on there. That record was uh, the Double Dutch Bus. Wow. Now, I already had Planet Rock. I had a couple of these records, you know. I think one of the first records I got, I think there was one before that I might have gotten. Oh, um, this guy. Fix It in the Mix. Mm. So it was one of you know, the popping yeah. type of joint, right? Yeah. And that's Pretty Tony, so that's Miami. On the on the electro pop and tip, and then in Africa and about it from New York, and they were both big deal. You know what I mean? Pretty Tony was making record records, like you know, he made records for a long time, big hits. So that was my first record. Then I went to New York and then I grabbed Planet Rock. Okay. You know what I mean? Kind of like that. But I was just like scratching Dad's turntable. I was like, oh shit, the needle's kind of. It ain't bugging out, it's kind of withstanding. I'm looking at the needle, and then that's when I started practicing just to scratch in. Then I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and start pause mixing. So, one turntable, and I had this tape deck, and I just started, okay, I'm gonna pause mix and make these edits. And it kind of comes from the influence of Mantronics. Mantronics was a master of almost everything. I mean, the first guy on computer making this dope-ass sound, right? But the editing, his chops, and the stuff that he did to songs was just, like, extra special. So I was just like, shit, well, I could do that with a tape. And as I started experimenting with that at that time, wow. before I had two turntables. Wow. And I started sending it in junior high school. I was like, hey, you want some tapes? Oh, yeah, you want some, okay. right? You know, and Perfect. I started saying these pause mix tapes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> then was the it, came after. <laughs> what was the what was the was the tape Coop the DJ Coop the Bill presents or what was the what was the Oh tape? yeah, you're gonna bug. So you know especially when you're in graffiti and characters mm. like we all come up with AKAs, AKAs, mm. or this and that and this and that. I'm this you know what I'm saying? You're always trying to come up with some extraordinary ass shit. And I was just like just DJ C. <laughs> C-E-E -E. yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> So it started like that I was like It's just easy to tack you know? And we did our feeler letters mm. Feeler oh, letters Yeah time. So the E Had no attachment that, Yeah Just you know, kick it, it And floated. put the light yeah, on the top So bam bam You know Yeah <laughs> With the white streaks And the gold streaks Right I was like so Oh yeah And then, then I was like Nah nah DJ Def And I was like Oh word <laughs> How old were you? That was already like 14 going to high school already. So, yeah. yep. Yep, because, uh, man, I went, to, I went to four different high schools. Yeah. 
And I went I went All to Beach High too. Okay, okay. I went to Nautilus and Beach High and there were some characters in those schools right there from New York. Mm. There's still I still see some of these cats. <laughs> Still see some of these cats still in the scene, right? Wow. I bug out, and then I'm gonna tell you in a second. This one, <laughs> I'll go back to that because this cat is—he was comedy then, and he's still comedy now. Oh, man. I'll give you a hint. He's got a raspy voice, super raspy. And he's been on the radio too on 99 Jams. Do you remember? Oh, this guy is? I think I know who he's talking about. Okay. He was 99 Jams and uh, kind of light-skinned dude. Yeah, that's just that classic has a funny name. Yep. Yeah. Calls him raspy voice. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's oh. funny, right? So I went to school with these cats, and you know, was, those cats were always action, you know, always dancing, popping, telling jokes, and it was like there was a vibe around this cat, you know what I mean? But then I left. I went to Jackson. Oh, okay. And now I'm like, oh, all right, this, you know, soulful school. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That place had soul. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, the marching band was bad. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, oh then they had these guys called professional style DJs, and then went into trying to get like what's going on with that. And then they did a big thing one time, and I started DJing on, on one of their little sets for like 15 minutes. You know? Mm. And I think African must have just. One, two, three, Give it all you got. Oh. <laughs> oh, and they yeah. did not have these records yet. The shit just came out. And I had that record store not too far from me, so I was just like, ooh, that came out. I went and got it. And then these guys say, like, hey, you want to spin? All right, cool. I'll bring some records. A little stack. Yeah. And that's all I needed. You know, MC Shy D. Yeah. Those records. And I just... The whole school went loony. Toilet paper was being thrown everywhere. It was the last day of school. Oh. Wild party in the parking lot, right? And then after that, I was just like, oh, I can make, I can, I can make yeah. some money on it. <laughs> oh, I can make some money. But then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the districts, they changed the line from, oh, I lived on this side. I could go to Jackson. And like now, I, oh, I got to go to Miami Senior High. I'm like, well, now I'm going to go with some wild Cubans. Yeah. High school with it. <laughs> I mean, so that's where that started. Uh, house parties, the the freestyle music, the, the new wave. Yeah. <laughs> Mick Mac was like the label off of the freestyle. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. Yo, that was a big label. At, uh, Flamingo Park. Yo, yeah, Flamingo. Monumental. Yeah. Oh, those concerts were. Yeah. yeah. And it all went. I mean, and you, it's easy to say that it, it all went in hand. Like, yeah. like hip hop was a combination of a bunch of different influences. I, I like to think, like you said, the electronic. Mantronic came out, uh, but before that, people were making sounds like stuff that was electronic, and hip hop wanted to adapt that. They wanted to take some of that with, with some salsa. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They wanted mm -hmm. to take some of that, mm -hmm. uh, and so, so probably a hip hop DJ is probably like the most well rounded. DJ or someone who, who was listening to hip hop, or it was a way, it was a, it was a venue, it was an avenue for certain musics to make it to, especially if you weren't privy to it. Now, coming from you know, being Colombian background, yep. um, you know, you already there's already an influence of so, of Spanish music, boleros, whatever you might have, mm -hmm. but but then uh, hip hop finds a way to like bring a little bit of everything to it. So that's, I think that's why to me, like hip hop's the music. 
Right. That's my opinion. Yeah. What it's done for me is that I have keep on digging deeper into the roots of what we're listening to. So I go deeper gotcha. into Afro mm. music. I go deeper into Jamaican. It's like Jamaican might not seem like it has a big library or archive, but man, you can just keep on going. Keep yeah. on going. Yeah. It just does not stop. Song, boleros, because it's the, the volume of music co- that comes out of a small place. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like constant. Yeah. You can fall behind if you ain't top of it. Like in a year, there's so much music that came out. And you're like, no, you got to spend months listening and trying yeah. to catch up. There's so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Artists just pumping out. It's and true. they're not all great. But it seems to be that everybody's singing. Everybody. Yeah. everybody. yeah. I mean, I, I would like to think that, uh, and this is probably totally made up, but like, you know, when you're coming from a place where you don't have, you, you don't have availability to a lot of things, you, you make the most of what you got. And, and if it's a matter of moving your feet or, or, or singing, then, you know, dance and song are always going to be at the forefront. Um, when things start, when, uh, when things start to be introduced to these places where you kind of like, it's a distraction then you see people move away from that away from but ultimately if you're dealing with people that are of this place that they they, they live off the land mm-hmm. you know I mean Dominican Republic for the longest time I remember um, they would uh, whenever they shut the lights off I would always joke around about it it's like as soon as they, every once in a while the, the, the power goes out the, they would shut the, the government would shut the power down to conserve energy yes, or whatnot and they would be blackouts during the day or mm-hmm. maybe in the evening going into the evening and my joke was I was like, yo, saquen la guitarra because somebody grab a guitar because like all power's yeah. out. Like, what do we do right now? You know, you don't even have like you might have a candle maybe to play some cards and you know what I'm saying. But most of the times, like yo, somebody grab an instrument, especially if there's somebody Jamming. who's playing something or somebody starts singing and that becomes the entertainment. That became American Idol in the living room of a house. Right. Right. And even and this is even you know way before like even TV was such a prominent thing over there. So I, I think that yeah, definitely that's that helps in the. Um, in what we see as far as the abundance of music coming from certain places mm-hmm. that's that's what it is whether it's good or bad but everybody's going to give it their shot Everybody that's their way that's their pastime right? give it all you got give it all you got give it all you got that's kind of like what I like here in Hawaii that you get to see that same thing there's an essence they like still. to go and just do the little campfire mm. or the beach there's nobody around start jamming singing the guitars yeah they don't even want attention, you know what I mean? They're yeah. just vibing. And people, yeah. people feel the vibe. They're going to come. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you put out the vibrations, everybody is attracted it, to it. how it ends up, you know, but it, it brings like-minded people, you know, mm. that, that vibration. Word, word, word. Um, first time I actually met you, now I know I, we discussed the last time I saw you, the first time I actually met you um, was through... Through then DJ Chris, now classic, because <laughs> he's, he's classic the with a K. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, he put me on to Coop Deville. I remember early on walking away with one of the mixtapes, and I, I love every time I get with Coop. I mean, when I'm when I jump on the when you're on the Twitch stream, and we'll get into the Twitch and whatnot. But when you're on the Twitch stream, I always love my first thing I say is like after you know greetings and whatnot. Coop Deville is coming at you pure. Right? Oh yeah, that's right. That was like <laughs> that was the intro of the coming at you pure. Yeah, yeah, that was that was so dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. And your shouts to Classic or Chris for 
for even feeling like, yo, this is someone that I could bring around, Coop, like, yo, come through, we're going to go to Coop's crib, and, and it was, I mean, I, I'm grateful, I'm grateful because I, I get to find and meet these people, whether it's, whether it's Skins introducing me to, to Classic, Classic introducing me to you, you know, that it, it's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's a man. good feeling. Um, how did how did you and Classic get get together? Yeah, I was ready to answer that one. Mm. So I had, I don't even have a specific period in time, but mm -hmm. this is bugged. Uh, we just we just had a scrap in the Burger King parking lot of this high school, right? Okay. And uh, we was just heated, but these guys thought that they could come and take advantage of one of our friends. Start slapping them, so on, whatever. So we start scrapping the fan homie, and they, you know, had beers in the hand. They were old mm. gangsters who mm. recognized them. They had just got out of jail, so it was like, all right, we're gonna have to fight. You know what I mean? So anyway, we saw opportunity. Like, okay, these guys are done. They were drunk. You know what I mean? So, but still, it was like five of them is just two of us. <laughs> so we were like helping each other fight some guys off, and we we're like, all right, you know. These guys are gonna start going for guns. I could just tell. Mm. One, one guy already grabbed the pipe. All right, now it's time, you know, to knock these guys out and run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We gotta create as much distance from them as possible because so, this is gonna get worse. We ended up with, with our homies telling the story, which just happened, like whatever. And then like somebody that came around, I forget who, knew about how to get classic mixtapes, right? And then, I, yeah, he had a boombox, so. He was just bumping and shit. I'm like, oh, that shit is dope. I was like, oh, yeah, I heard a homie. He was like, and this is how, like, it wasn't that I was introduced. It was just even just the energy of listening and be like, oh, that's dope. That's right. He's coming too. Oh, we, we got a link somehow. Mm -hmm. Right? And kind of the energy led to, oh, we know where we could go. Jonestown. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna find him be there. And we're like, yeah, yo, there's hip hop in Jonestown. Yo, we're gonna go to Jonestown. We went to Jonestown and then saw the familiar face. I'm like, I think that's the brother right there. And then the whole, that whole crew, you know what I mean? And Global Tribe and the whole thing. That's that was <laughs> how it started. And then Carl B with Alphabet City, he did on Alton Road. That's when we started DJing together. Nice. Right, and that's when we actually Okay. Met. So somewhere in that, along that line, before we DJed together, there was a time. There was I like chance encounters. That, yeah. That, yeah. And it wasn't in Jonestown. It was some. What was it? The Egg Factory or the Egg? What was, was that called? Uh, there was Africa. There was Junkyard. There was uh, Fish Streets. They were all at Fish Street, Africa, right, Africa, that was all Fish Street. There was one that was like, um, okay, Fish Street, right, but south of Fish Street, more like. Yeah, yeah, it was back, back. you make a right, behind, instead of left. Right? Yeah, it was, like, it was a junkie, it used to be, it was like a, a parking, um, with a tow truck, with a the truck, yeah. with cars and shit. But mm. then there was a name before the junkyard, though, I thought it was an egg house or egg. Yeah, but you know, but yeah, junkyard. people are going, people are listening right now going, ah, oh, it's, it's this, it's this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like Chris himself is probably like, nah, it's knows, this. Mm. Right, yeah, he, yeah. Metaphor, 7-Up Metaphor? 7-Up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Shouts to Metaphor, for him. sure. Fams, we got stories with him too in the <laughs> 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 
No, man. Oh, so you're spinning in the clubs. That's what's when you and, uh, and Chris got together. You're spinning, and spinning yeah. in the clubs. Yeah. And uh, um, so from that point on, uh, now you're making your now your mixtapes have I'm sure have evolved from pause mix. At this point, yeah, we were like I was kind of keeping it on the download though. Okay. It wasn't like you know, but it, it just kept on. People, you know, copy it. You know what I mean? It starts going yeah. like that. And then I start having friends that I meet. Like, yo, I got one of your tapes. Like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah, I got one of your tapes. Like, viral oh, shit, before viral. Right? right? <laughs> but that's kind of how classic tapes, too, came mm-hmm. into my hood. was mm-hmm. like, same way. They yeah. were copied from one homie to another homie. You yeah. Know? yeah. Same way, bro. Like, what, Jet the Jam, Pony Express, and all that shit? Yeah. A lot of those tapes when we in junior high school listening to, we were like this, bro. Tuned in. Like, yeah. yo, what's that? Oh, mm. yo, what? Dude was... Yeah, he would change the words and he'd mix his fat and he scratches and it, it, that was some real DJ in there before I started DJ. Yeah. Like Jam Pony Express. Yeah, yeah. Remember those guys? Yeah, yeah. There was two guys on there. That, there, there were a group. Of, two guys on there that was just really wow. ill. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Is he doing that live? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Is it live? Again, man, again, it's it's... You find something you love and you work at it and you're capable of doing and then you know and then there's such a competitive nature when it comes to hip hop whether it's major. getting up higher than anybody else pulling off the power move you know what I'm saying having the, the, the illest lyrics making the crowd you know what I'm saying just like oh and ooh and all ah. and, and DJing man it's just, a, it's just a competitive nature so you have to add things to your repertoire so mixing I know uh, I think Chris was rumored to, to spin on three different turntables that was nuts. That was nuts. Yeah, yeah, bro. That was nuts. Yeah, shouts to Chris, man. Shouts to Chris. Man, man. seriously, bro. Yeah. He even came to the Bay one time. We linked up and saw a Breakestra. Okay. Because the band is bad, bro. You know who that is? Breakestra? No, is, is it, I mean, imagine it's a combination between an orchestra and then. Yeah. Playing breaks. But yeah. they're playing the breaks real dope. I, really? be, I knew what I was going to be watching, like, but I was still like, yeah. <laughs> jaw yeah, He was like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> it was this club like right up the street from where I was living in San Francisco. I was like, you got to come to this show. You know? He went and was like, yo, I'm going to go spend all my money at the record store. Oh, yeah? You want to go to the record <laughs> store? Oh, yeah? Like, I'll show you one. He's Dig like, oh, yeah, I'll be here a long time. Don't worry about it. Just, they closed about this time. <laughs> He's like, I'll be all day. Dude, he bought hell of records, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, Save some time. of that money to ship it back. <laughs> nah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? You got to make, make it back somehow. <laughs> Buying it is just the first stage. Then you got to get it back to the crib. Shipping shipping over here is another story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up over here. <laughs> so now here we are in Hawaii. Um, what do you have going on? I know I hinted at the uh, the Twitch streams, um, the, the Toma Tuesdays. You know, a couple different uh, uh, days of the week, you put on something different. Whether it's dance hall, mm-hmm. whether it's the Afro, Afro Latino. Um, let's talk about that, and let's talk about where people can find you out here doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the streaming, yeah, started with uh, in the Bay Area actually when I okay. first came there. I went there early 2000s, and there was these guys that were already doing something like this, 99, 98, 99, with a shortcut and a triple thread, and okay. you know, Cuber and these guys. Yeah, so uh, it was a radio station, something 
not live 365, but something in the 365 type of okay. name. And they had, you know, three, four, eight turntables sometimes set up, and it would, yeah. and it would be DJs almost in, in an orchestra orchestrating these vibes. Mm -hmm. But everybody's freestyling, nobody's practiced nothing. Gotcha. And, just, and these are hours and hours and hours every day that this was going on. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yo, this is sharpening your sword. This is dope. Yeah. But at that time, these kids, they had money, you know what I mean? And like, you know, they invested into getting all this equipment you really needed to have professional cameras and the lighting and the gotcha. at that yeah. time you know? yeah but then like you know almost five six years went by and a couple of programs came out where you broadcast from your house and i'm forgetting the name of the, one of those first ones like and it's still around too but we started using that and we started realizing it was a good way to promote the events that we were doing then and having these people kind of tune in during the morning and during the day and then they come to the club at night or they come gotcha. to the club that weekend yeah you know so when twitch came around that was with my brother joe weiser who's also a blunt master cash from miami it's kind of how i ended up hopping over to the bay area then hopping over to hawaii it was like i was building with him it was he was the king of reggae doing it at that time became part of Jaw Warrior Shelter and they're like became cha champion sound for the West Coast for the United States okay. at that time. So reggae and, and it became a big thing with drum and bass and, and hip hop and we was doing all these events where we were all together, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But then um in the reg on the reggae tape I started getting into production and realizing that there was something there but you know I didn't know yet. They didn't uh, fully understand the sim the simplicity of reggae at that time. Okay. We hear it, and it's like, oh yeah, I, I can make that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. yeah. it sounds simple. Yeah. But really, when you when you look at it, there's there's some math mm. that needs to be known before okay. you sit and try and make a reggae beat. Yeah. You know, and same with a couple of different types of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, I started doing production on that tip and then ended up re recording with a, a Grammy-nominated uh, J-Boog from the Wash House Records. Okay. So Wash House Records was a record label that uh, was a part of Mac Dre and his okay. and his plan to fame before he was, you know, murdered. But um, then the label decided they wanted to help out this artist and get into reggae, and that was the first step to be like you know getting to know Polynesian culture knowing mm, that and, vibe and that music and leaning that the, leaning that direction more right and okay. then you know we were doing a lot of dub plates with my friends you know in Jawa Warrior Shelter they have connection with a lot of Jamaican artists when they come into the bay then they're doing the concerts with DJing and so on so in the studio the artists would come in and collaborate with the artists or DJs would come in for dub plates Okay. And so on. So in the middle of all that, doing production as well, it's kind of how I got deeper into reggae and deeper into okay. reggae, you know. Gotcha. And then we ended up coming here, and I wasn't sure if I was going to stay. It was just one of those, let's just test the waters. But the what I liked about it was the inspiration that I get <laughs> by just sitting here. Mm. It didn't have to be that I was, in, you know, Paradise, like looking at paradise, but what I felt was some energy, you know, with the 
Yes. I, I, Island, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That. Yeah. That was it. I was given the warning before I landed here. Like, I was given the warning, like, yo, you come through. It's <laughs> a good possibility. You might not want to leave. And in, in that vibe, I didn't, you know, it's almost like I was a kid again. I didn't have a care. I was just like, I wasn't worried about, but where am I going to mm. sleep? It's like, it's a belief in possibility. You know I mean? Right? Mm. It's like, where am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? And it's like, it's, it's been like that my whole life. But I know, I understand now that I've reached a certain age that, oh, it's because all that was for what's about to happen when I'm about to. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I feel that I've, what I've achieved is nothing material. It's all the experiences and the spiritual. It's dharma. Yeah. The, stuff, the stuff that actually contributes to who we are. Not the stuff we clothe ourselves or you know right. or surround ourselves in, you know, to, to, to have people focus their attention on that as mm-hmm. opposed to who we are. Right. Yeah. So and, and that's why I like, whoa. Stay here. Mm. And everything just led to good vibrations. Good vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere and I turned. the vibration. Follow the I mean? vibration. That's it. And like, you know, and people that I knew but I didn't know that they were living here, it's just been to them. Mm. Like, Where did you, I live here. Oh, what, yeah. what, what? And then started building from there. Nice. Excellent. And then, uh, Excellent. Now I'm just DJing, uh, doing the reggae thing on the Friday nights. I think uh, it's, I think it's doing better than before COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Which oh, is crazy. That's a, good, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's really good thing because I mean people were hungry to come back out. That's sure. That's yeah. No, that's and insane. um. And they, they don't hear this type of music anyway. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, we bend it. Like how you hear me play, I do the, the Afro and the, and the Latino with the mumba and the reggaeton mm-hmm. and the dance hall, right? And then it's like we're breaking all these barriers and language barriers yeah. in one evening, yeah. you know? So we're, like, attracting all these different people. They might not understand the culture, but then you start teaching it. Correct. Some real Jamaican's gonna walk in there and start teaching it to you, or yeah. somebody that knows the culture's gonna start teaching yeah, yeah. you the dances, or tell you what the song is, or what the yeah. artist is, and so on, right? And you've created an environment where that is welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody pulls up and they might know a little bit something that the next person doesn't know, but but the fact that all these people are gathered together, it means that they are in, they want to become more in tuned or willing to. Willing to, yeah, yeah. or they want to, yeah, they, yeah. they do. I mean, it seems to be happening. It seems, yeah, it's good. it seems to me that uh, the way Coop spins and blends all these different genres and breaks down walls and change, is a reflection of or mirrors your life in a way. Your exposure from growing up in New York and then moving to Miami and living in different neighborhoods and going to the Soulful High School and the Cuban High School and, and the exposure to music as a child. Like It's as if your blend in the club or on the Twitch channel is just... It's your life. It's, a it's your exposure to music and you're yeah. bringing that people to people. And I think it's a, wow. it's a beautiful thing. See, he just inspired something new there, you know. Wow. Yeah. Already Danny moves like that, yo. Skins, <laughs> skins moves like that's how skins right. operate, man. Um, either that or he's trying to make, take take my job. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's beast and he's with skins. <laughs> nah, but that's why I have to have people like that as co-hosts, man. You know, contributors. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
there's a lot more podcasts left to go through. Um, Coop, hit them with the uh, the social medias, the, 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 boom the Twitch, bang. and uh, yeah, all the official all right. businesses, I, I like to call it. Well, since we were just uh, talking about uh, the different blends, I do have some new music that I'm mm. going to be pumping out, and it's going to speak exactly what we were just speaking on, mm. a production on everything around okay. the globe, you know, right. and reggae, hip-hop, soul, punk, you know, wow. all produced by me. There you go. Instruments, mixing, engineering. Wow. You know? And then, you know, maybe I, I might want to hire a mixing and master it, maybe, you know? Maybe, yeah. Sure. Because <clears throat> uh, it's always good to kind of get your ears off of your project with it, they say, you know? Stand okay. back, let somebody give Amen. advice, yeah. right? So I feel I need, a, I need a team like that right now. Gotcha. So, you know, I'll be giving some peeks in my social media. So you can find me at DJ Coop DeVille on Instagram, Facebook. DJ Coop DeVille, t- uh, twitch.tv, uh, weekdays, no Tuesdays anymore right now. On Tuesdays, I just jump on randomly, but um, okay. every day except uh, the Saturdays and Sundays sometimes, you know. Oh. We're going to be doing live broadcasts from the club pretty soon, wow. and, uh, live performances and stuff like that, so... Yeah, right. dope, dope. stuff. My people, <laughs> y'all heard it here. Um, we still have a lot more to go. We got to get into this brews. We got to get to the beats and definitely the eats. Um, for those of you who might have not been able to keep up with what was just said, you know where the notes are. The, the show notes always have all this information. You'll get the IG. You'll get where you might be able to find the music once it drops. Um, and yeah, man, we got cool, but I'm going to take advantage of that. So we're going to get into these beers. Uh, you know what it, y'all know what it is. It's Brews, Beast, and Easter Podcast. Oh, head, Ed. Got the whole fam in the house. All right. Shout out to y'all. Blah, blah. There you go. We'll be right back. Too much to drink. We shine without flossing that bling bling at the pub with the buds. Picture of Yingling. Bruce Beast and Easter Podcast. And we have reached the Bruce segment. I still got I still got DJ Coop DeVille with me. Still got more stories to go. Uh, but before we get to that, we got to get to these brews. Um, this is the segment of the podcast where my guest is so kind and gracious enough to sample four beers, give us their thoughts, and before it's all said and done, they'll give us a real quick one through four, most favorite to least favorite. Um, but in between that, we'll get to know a little bit about their early beer memories, uh, maybe the first time they tried a beer, um, all the way up to what they're drinking nowadays, and, and we'll just keep the vibe going in between. We'll just, you know how we do, Bruce Beast needs the podcast. But, um, with that being said, let's not waste any more time. Um, we were doing it official. We got these sampling cups here. Um, that way, everybody at the table could try some. You know, play along, play along at the table. And and if you're listening to this podcast at home, you know, what I'm saying in the safety and comfort of your own house, grab a beer. Um, maybe That's we'll right. make a drinking game out of it. Maybe every time DJ Coop Deville says uh, Miami, I don't know. Everybody take a sip. I don't know something. Miami. See, Dan, Danny's already Danny's already down. Oh. All right, so we're gonna do this in this manner here. I'm actually gonna pour a little bit, and then we'll get into uh, and then we'll feel comfortable leaving the, the cups there before the breeze takes them. Wow. All right, so here we go. Um, the amount of beer we're drinking now is not for the light part. <laughs> it's there real deal. Boom. So. I think I think my note my notes just disappeared. I think through the uh, the time lock here. Oh, I'll slide that that way. Or is there a way to open this thing up? I think you gotta use the pen again. Just tap it. Uh, yeah, 
No, tap it. Oh, it went away. Um, oh, I didn't save it. No, it should be there. Okay. I'll get it for you. Alright, cool. Yeah, this is all part of uh, this is all be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> who needs one? Who else needs one? Miami. Miami. <laughs> 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 Alright y'all. Yeah. Hope you're drinking. Yeah. That's why I'm saying like in the safety of it, I don't you know, most people consume podcasts while they're driving. I don't need y'all drinking right now. <laughs> Go back and play this when you get home. That's right. That way at least you'll know what you're getting into. And what we're getting into here is the very first beer. Alright. This first beer is from uh Samoa Breweries. Okay. It is their Vailima. Right. It is a Pilsner. Clocks in at a 4.9%. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're ready to go, Coop, you can hit it. All right. And it's it's brewed in Samoa. Salutary. Yo, salute. 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 Yes. Good. To good Island Life. brothers. Health, wealth, and knowledge of soul. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Coop? Now, being that I've lived here all this time, I've never had this beer. Okay. We got one in there. Nice. That was that you was know? definitely a concern. Yeah. Making sure we brought something to the table that you weren't familiar with, so that's Word. dope. That's Excellent. Yep. Um I don't know why, but now I know why at the same time. At first I was like, why does it taste like it? I'm like, I know why. It tastes like Heineken. Okay. It does. So yeah, Pilsners. Okay. The Pilsners right? have that. Mm-hmm. Now they love the green bottle here, and that's what they call it. They don't call it Heineken. <laughs> oh, you got the green bottle. Green bottle, Bob. We need the green bottle. They get excited <laughs> really? when they hear the green bottle. That's it. Yeah. So they don't, they don't even go red star with it. They just go re- green bottle because typically Heineken is known as the bottle with the red star on right. it. Interesting. But here they just shortcut green bottle. Green yeah. bottle. Wow. So they it definitely look, it looks a little like. So they definitely right. don't have any Rolling Rock down here. <laughs> <laughs> rolling Rock is also a green bottle. Right. So. That, that's I, that was that's the that's their dream. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. It's okay. Like, the Germans are winning out here See, on that and, one. And that, <laughs> yeah. And that was and that was one of my uh, one of not concerns, but one of the things that interested me is like when we first touched down at uh, at Casa de Skins, um, I was like, what is the slang that people are using down here? So I, I, I jumped on real quick on like Wikipedia or something and I'm like just to familiarize like the most you know the popular terms, you know. Right. Um and the foods is grinds, um, you know, ono, oh real good, you know, a lot of bro, a lot of bro is used. Um yeah man, so so now I know that green bottle is <laughs> is, is, is a slang for Heineken. Yeah. yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Cool. And that's and that's how they talk. Oh, that's the one, bro. That's the one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one could be for just about anything. That's the okay. kind, that's the one. They they like to say that the, the, the kind could be beer, could be weed, could be a woman, could be breakfast. Yeah. Could be anything. <laughs> um earliest beer memory, Coop. Okay, so this is trippy because I just talked about the green bottle, mm-hmm. and I remember my beer memory. Oh. There you go. Yeah, excited. Because <laughs> you guys are gonna be excited when I fucking talk about this one too, because they don't make beer like this no more, like the actual bottle. And when you was thirsty, right? You didn't want restriction of the flow of the beer, mm-hmm. especially if you're real thirsty. Mickey's. Mickey's. Big yes, mouth, yes. mouth Mickey's. Big mouth Mickey, yeah. Yo. <laughs> I ain't like beer my whole life. My sister was born 
eight, nine months, and she was biting my hand, my father's hand off for beer. Like, beer, beer. She loves beer. <laughs> and now she doesn't drink beer. I hated beer. I drink beer. So that's kind of how so we trade it. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah. So Mickey's, bro. Yeah. I would walk to the gasoline station and be like, I'm going to have a party. <laughs> and get some Mickey's, bro. And everybody was like, bro, what's this beer? Big mouth. Everybody's done pretty quick as it just comes out yeah. boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got plenty of oxygen going in and it's just no, just pushing the flow of beer out. Totally. And then later on I was I mentioned it in a couple episodes not too long ago, uh mentioned that eventually the then the, the big manufacturers of beer decided to come out with that the the um it's a regular can but it had the depressor. Like you knock yeah, yeah. you create a hole where it would bring in air, introduce air to the can and then help with the flow of beer. Oh, You'd yeah. like take your your uh, key and you it, like, it was already perfurated, yeah. and you press down on it, and it would open it up. Um, yeah, no, Mickey's was a staple. Then Mickey's was like, they're slick at Mickey's, because they're like, yo, here, have these beers. Oh, and by the way, there's like a puzzle on the back of the cap. Ah, Try to yeah, figure yeah. that out while you've had six of these already. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 there's a riddle here. See if That's you can figure it out. That's why we would get them, too. That's <laughs> yeah, right, bro. Little riddles. Little riddles. Oh, yeah. The so, Mickey's. So, yeah, Mickey's. Let's, so get cool. into this. Let's get into this second beer. Almost made it, didn't make it. Um, this second one is from Breckenridge Brewery. Colorado. 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 They got good beer in the Rockies. Yeah. This is a vanilla porter. It clocks in at a 5.4. Yeah. That is good. That's good. That's recycle, reuse. That's the kind of vibe that uh, I like. The higher the alcohol count here. Okay. All right, we're getting there. Definitely <laughs> yeah. getting there. Definitely getting there. Um, it's a uh, vanilla porter, like I said, from Colorado, or like Skin said, from Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give that one a go. Let me know what you think. You lived there for a little bit. Was there uh, for a hot second? New Mexico. New Mexico. So it was a couple hours over the border. Yeah, man. Also Breckenridge. Try this Salutary. one out. Yes, sir. Aye. Breaky, breaky, breaky. <laughs> Let me know what you think of that one, cool. Mmm. I was not expecting that. Okay, caught you a little off guard. Because mm-hmm. I like porters and stouts. That's probably the best tasting. Really? <clears throat> Vanilla porter. Okay. Damn. So they did good on this one. Yeah, there's something smooth. Yeah. Smooth. Very palatable. Mm-hmm. So porters, it's your, your typical go-to, or is there a certain mm-hmm. beer that you? No, I like. I'll go for a porter when I, you know, I'm not trying to drink six eight beers you know i always have a couple gotcha. of porters that yeah you know especially djing i like to have a stout guinness you know, okay guinness quite a bit but that whoa like you drink guinness and it leaves this aftertaste that's mm-hmm. kind of like you gotta if you're not a guinness drinker you have to you have to become accustomed to accustomed or, to yeah this didn't have an aftertaste okay. that's what i liked about it yeah spinning at clubs would oh, you prefer yeah. what's more conducive to spinning at a party? Let me let me ask it this way: uh, a beer or or maybe a, a liquor? Um, yeah, you're speaking to a, a dude that's uh, been pumping all kind of different hard liquors. Okay. During my DJ says, okay, I could drink them all in one night, nothing will happen. I'll wake up no hangover. Wow. Or, or I could just be like, I'm just gonna stick to one. Okay. 
just have like shots or on the rocks throughout the night. Okay, Kinda so like you prefer that. a liquor while you're spinning, getting into the groove of things? Uh, yeah, only because I've had a situation with drinking beers constantly where just uh, when I'm doing, because I'm always, expo- when you're especially a brew lover, like you're mm-hmm. experimenting with new breweries. Yeah. And like here in Hawaii, it's a newer thing than it is in any other place. Really. Okay. Right now, it's kind of new here. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they could... They can make mistakes, mm, and, yeah, and can, can kind of and can kind of mess with your the, yes, yeah, stomach. It's kind of like me with sours. Like I'll, I'll right? drink sours, uh, but sours isn't something that I can sit there and drink back to back because I, I know sours. that eventually I'm gonna feel I that mean, like yeah. that discomfort. Yeah, I love the hoppy sour shit. Okay, bitter. Yeah, like ah, the bitter. Shit. Okay. The, so we so we got to get to this last one. But eventually, eventually, yeah. eventually. I love that bitter. Because um, bitter beer to me is just like, that's what reminded me of oh, why I even started drinking it. Because okay. after the Mickey's, you know, I didn't drink. I didn't drink for, whoo. Okay. I DJed for almost 15 years, no drinking. Really? Wow. Man. I didn't drink at the, at the club. Okay. Okay. I had a whole bunch of drinks that looked like they were drinking. Everybody's like, oh, you're drinking? Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pineapple, orange juice, yeah. and those no, the drink, tickets, the drink tickets were for your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> They're, They're the ones drinking. Tickets, you'd be like, you know what? Or it was like that when the time came and the promoter was like, Yo, but I, I gave you all these drinks. Like, I didn't drink shit. You didn't pay me in drinks. Was, it was pineapple juice. It was them, yeah. them bluebird cans. It was cracking them open. Yeah. <laughs> bluebird cans. What the fuck is bluebird costing you, man? Yeah, for real. <laughs> no, pay me. Pay me. So, yeah, dude, I was, that's how I was, man. I was just, like, drinking that pineapple, fucking orange. And yeah. Then it, then it became Grand Marnier on the top. Ooh, okay. I'm like, Ooh. Okay, yeah. Great for a sore throat. For okay, those, for those uh, of you who know, know, you can keep this or not, bro. But during that time, I got to DJ with my most top, the inspiration of inspiration. I got to DJ with Jazzy Jeff at that club. No, the magnificent one himself. But not only him. <laughs> at this same club, Cash Money. They're both from Philadelphia. From Philly, yeah. And Cash Money was like really, you know, who I. Wow, when was this? Two thousand and. 2003 Wow a place called Storyville And that's where uh, That's where uh, I was doing the grandma And they started Breaking the rules And shit like, mm-hmm. Maybe I should drink A little bit Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like Okay let me chill What was that like man Like Yeah It, it, it had the French say That it's an aphrodisiac And uh, Yeah at that time You know Those hippie chicks Had to watch out <laughs> Watch out we'll on the prowl in, We'll put that in the footnotes No <laughs> <laughs> oh, man Well speaking of aphrodisiacs Man I have to go back Real quick and say Shouts to um, One of the sponsors Of the episode Mama Juana King uh, Puts together the Mama Juana Okay He was gonna say that yeah. <laughs> oh, Shouts man. to Mama Juana King um, For those who know Y'all know um, South Florida shit. staple When it comes to Mama Juana It's probably it's The best Mama Juana 
here I in the in the states. I need to try that. Okay, we gotta get you some somehow. I need to try that. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. have to get you some. You're, you're gonna be thoroughly impressed with this. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to do a whole other interview. About yeah, this. we're gonna have to come back. <laughs> I am still. The still island is already this, calling me back, man. This is Ooh, gonna be wild. From Dominican. <laughs> I don't even know how my boy did it. Uh, Bags. Number uh, one chips. And he, but he brought it to Miami. Brought it to the bay. Oh, it's a wow. Yeah. And, then we just, and we start making bottles and bottles and bottles and bottles and build a chip, more chips, more and chips, chips. And that blew away the people's minds, I imagine, on the West Coast. Like, they're, they're, like there's not really a lot of Dominicans out there. So for them to be introduced to something like that, yeah. People yeah. mind blown. Yeah. So I'm not familiar. So Mama Juana is. Yeah, um, the name, but yeah. I don't know the, the, the You the like herbs, bro? You yeah. fucking like herbs? Yeah. Well, mix herbs with fucking yes. Oh, rum, from, from, it's like fermentation. Yes. 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 Okay. It's fermentation happening through, through leaves. Leaves. Everything. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yes. Yo. And then you know they'll get creative they and put it first. They have to cure you it. You cure it first. Yeah. yeah. And so then, that's why you're saying that you brought some to the bay, but then you kept. Um, yeah. Like 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 mother. Like we you yeah, cure it with the wine yeah. first. Yes. Then we, if you wanted to, second cure it more. Third cure, <laughs> really, you'll try some. Then you can fill it with rum, but people, my, my boy's done it with uh, vodka and tequila. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. Mama Juana on the same things. Yeah. yeah. You do it with vodka, it's different. You do it with tequila, it's different. Yeah. You do it with rum, it's different. The energy it hits you color. different. Yes. It oh, okay, stop. You yeah, no, so here we go. But yeah, it's The rest is going to be on the Patreon once I start doing like a subscription based episode and whatnot. Let's get into this third beer. That is the shit right there, man. Man, I wish I had that bottle still. So I had one and I had to, because it got, it was dry for too long. So you I gotta always like keep a hold a little bit yes, back so you can bro. keep it alive. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, wow. I'm gonna pull fresh bag real soon. Man, I'm a harder, bro. Yeah. I broke my DJ record with this thing. What? Really? You broke what? a DJ record? Oh, a Mama Juana, I DJed for three days straight. Oh, you went to the oh. zone. That's three a days. Story. Wow. wow. But let's get back real quick to um, Jazzy Jeff in the same place. Cash oh, yeah. money in the same place. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I imagine, was it a, I imagine there was, was it a nervous energy? Was it you were picking up on what they were putting and oh. then just that, that oh. motivated you? How did that work oh, out? Oh, my God, bro. Um, so Jazzy Jeff came to Miami to WEDR before I even started DJing. Okay. I forgot about that one. Mm. That's really, I was in my mind, I was seeing myself on two, tam- two turntables, but I ain't have two turntables. But I was listening to Jazzy Jeff and he was breaking down the 122 shit that he did on that album, that first album with... Uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. Where he they're, he, they're live at a concert and he's breaking down the beat. Is it, oh, is it the, the brand new funk? He starts breaking down the fast beat that sounded like the Planet Rock one. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, now break it down, Jeff. Break it down, Jeff. And he starts breaking it down. Yeah. And he did a lot of this stuff live on WEDR. And I was like, yo. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. I mean, he ain't fuck up once, bro. It was so clean, man. I was like, at that time, you didn't even use that terminology. Yo, he's so clean. We used that for graffiti. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it applied. It was, there was no applied, other word to bro. quite capture what it was you. that you were listening to. So clean, man. I was just like, yo, that's it. Mm. Like, that's it? That's, that's when you realize your daddy's little black turntable wasn't going to cut it. 
Nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I put a dollar twenty-five that shit. It wasn't cutting it. Like, <laughs> needle was going everywhere, bro. <laughs> this third beer. Let's get into this third beer. Ooh. It's from Elysian Brewing. It is their Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. It's a pumpkin beer. Clocks in at a six point seven percent, and is brewed in Washington. Um, pumpkin beer is it, it has a strange place for most people. It's either you really like it or you don't really mess with I it. I like pumpkin. Somebody liked it. I like pumpkin. Again, this one's we've come up on the ABV. We've gone from five point four to six point seven. Um, okay. I've tasted a pumpkin before. Mm -hmm. This is also fucking good. Okay. Yeah. Because the other one I tried was like maybe too much pumpkin. Okay. It, they they try to overdo it with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cinnamon. Yeah. Cinnamon. Yeah. yeah. Cinnamon. Okay. They make it too 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 much. Yeah. October festy. Yeah. <laughs> too, too much cinnamon. I like this one. Okay. This one, even though this one has you know a good amount of cinnamon, but I don't think it's bad at all. Okay. Funny you mentioned cinnamon because um I think. I think for those who don't like pumpkin beers, a way to make it a little more palatable, palatable is I've been to a place where I ordered a pumpkin beer and they're like, okay. And then okay, I ask me, do you want, um, well, I, I, I can see. <laughs> They'll go, um, do you want uh, cinnamon and sugar on the rim? Wow, really? And I was like, oh, I was like, is that a thing? Let's do it. Like, That's I'm not going to say no. Sir. And they yeah. did it. And sure enough, Ooh, just that, that little, did it. yeah. Just a that's, little bit of the taste of that bomb. cinnamon and sugar right before the beer. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, it hits it hits on both on like mo multiple sensory points. Also good for diabetes. Look at that. Very good. Drink it with a purpose. <laughs> yeah. Drink it with a purpose. So you can have the lehi moist so you can get diabetes. <laughs> In case you wanted that. Put a little cinnamon on the rim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. It uh, cancels it out. Indeed. You know what's funny? We were talking about Jazzy Jeff. Um, funny story is, and, and then we're speaking to his greatness yep. um, and I heard a podcast a while back he was being interviewed and he mentioned how um, one of his first competitions mm -hmm. uh, he goes to compete and, and Will Smith was with him uh, Will Smith or Fresh Prince mm -hmm. <laughs> Will Smith um, he wasn't a movie star just yet yeah. but uh, Fresh Prince is there with him and a couple other people and he goes up on stage and they're telling him they're watching the other people compete and they're telling him hey stay away from the turntable the setup on the right side Stay away from that. There's something his wrong homies, with it. His homies. Yeah, giving him the... Yeah, are telling yeah. him. Okay. And he goes, okay, really? Okay, yeah. It's his go. He's about to compete against whoever. I don't know who the DJ was. He gets up there, and they ask him, and he takes the one... On the right. On the right. He did it because he knew that he was that good, that he could work against whatever the, the wobble, the mm -hmm. tilt mm -hmm. was, and he would still be able to pull off a show to beat the guy, and he did. And he did. And they were at oh, first they were, and they were like, yo, what are you doing? Not that one. What are the <laughs> other side? He and he said, no, I'm challenge? He wanted the it was just an it was just yo, that much more of a challenge. And and, and he still he still killed it. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's it's wild. He looked nerdy as shit then, but he was cocky though. You could tell Oh of course. He was behind the turntables. He was like, I'm gonna show you some shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Always. Yeah man. One of, one of, definitely one of the greats. What other influences? Um as far as DJing, definitely you know Red Alert. Okay. Um, you know the radio DJs uh, back in the day in New York. Prop master. We would we would chase radio stations. We, we, we weren't only chasing records. We were chasing radio shows. 
yeah. would put him on the tape. And, take and it was back always to and it was always left for like some obscure hour in the middle of the night when they always would give, late, give late. people that much time to rock you on that set. So right. Hip hop wasn't just wasn't such the the mainstay as it is today on radio. Mm -hmm. It was not. It was like, oh, you want to play that stuff? Yeah, we got a block for you. It's yeah, like way back there. Yeah, where nobody will notice it and complain <laughs> to the to the station that we're playing this music. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was at that time. So you know, yeah. you had Mr. Magic and those guys in the early mm -hmm. days. You know, brother, Mr. Magic. Um, you know, uh, Todd. Todd Terry and those guys, you know, in the late 80s with the house music, you know, because they were also hip-hop DJs and producers. Correct. They came house, you yeah. know, DJs. But um, then these guys came, and this is what I think changed all of the 90s in boom-bap music to how we got, how we got um, the actual music, how we knew what was coming out. Mm. That was stretching by Beto. Ah, 89 Tech 9. Yeah. Yeah, they were big. We'd be like, show. yo, what? We can't find that record nowhere in the South. We're going to drive, we're going to drive 16 hours all the way to New York. <laughs> we're going to get that shit. Go to Fat B's. Where the fuck we got to go? Go to B Street. Wow. Man, there were so many record stores. Numbers in Queens, B Street in Bronx. That's all gone, man. Oh, wow. wow. Rocket Soul. Blue Note. We did have Blue Note. Blue Note. We did have Blue Note. Blue Note in Miami. Blue Occasionally, you would find oh, like a white label test press in the bins of Blue Note. Like something they didn't even care about. And just on a whim, you put the headphones and you'd be like, yo, what is this? <laughs> and it would be some obscure underground New York shit that just, I don't know how, why it got in the bins or maybe somebody you know, sold it back to Bob, but well, you found some jewels in, in, in Bruno. Rhythm Rocker. That's right. Of course. Rhythm that's, that was a special sauce. Rhythm Rocker worked there. Yeah. So that. he would get shit and you know, people would send him stuff. It's true, I forgot about Rhythm Rocker. That's the man. Once you mention Blue Note, I'm like, Rhythm Rocker. Rhythm Rocker, <laughs> yeah. And any other time, it would be hard to remember his name, though. Mm -hmm. So I had to exactly. attach Put it in Blue. Box. You know what I mean? Box, that yeah. dude, he's the king right there. Wow. I respect him, man, because, bro, I would listen to his Afro-Cuban shows. Right. No joke, no joke shit. Everything they played, that whole show, all the time was fire. It's like, what song is that? What song is that? I've never heard of this. Never heard of this. All oh, fire, fire, fire. Right. It wasn't just a Saturday Night Funk Box. He did it. He did all the shows. Yep. Yeah. Man, his selection was fire, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's when I got into it. Like, right. Tech Nine was big. And, I mean, a big. I mean, all of us. It was a big source. Yeah. What was? There were a few, a few of our friends. Classic. I forget his name right now. Um, he was stupid deep into these. 90s records at that time too. Um, he just popped up too in my, in my in my media recently. I was to remember there was also like cats in Miami that were peddling mixtapes. So in New York, True. you had Fulton Ave mm -hmm. and dudes were pedal, you know, uh, Mr. C, Pablo, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, you know, like all these different underground. There was a, a, a lot of hip hop yeah. DJs, right? Camillo and, and all that Camillo, other stuff. Yeah, Rob G. Yeah, Rob G. Rob G. But then there was the cats in Miami who were the masters. Like that dude, hip -hop, uh, Mark from Hip Hop Connection. Is that me? So That's he would pay yeah. to get the masters from these DJs and get the permit, the, basically the yeah, him and uh, him and Justin Time. To dub all, and then they would resell at the flea markets yep. in Miami all yep. of the the underground New York DJs. Yeah, that dude. So that became a so another source for a lot. Definitely. Of yep. Yeah. Definitely. 
that dude. Wow. Man, there was a lot going on at that time for us, man. We, especially a from a place. On, yeah, especially from a place that it took a minute for stuff it to get to. Minute. But there was there was a thriving scene there. And then it's the, the fifth world. Yeah. The, the music. The sixth world. Right, world. the sixth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There's so many transplant. You literally, it's like right. everybody. Dope. Let's get into this fourth beer. That's right. because we were supposed to be on this mission. It is, and this is one of my favorite episodes this where it's like it. when you're catching up. And, and you start talking about everything, it's like you lose track, but this Sorry. is one of the best episodes, man. No, no, it works. Yeah, thanks. The way, why we do this. Um, Skiz, you want to get to that one? Give that one a crack. I already know this is the one. You already? <laughs> ha, this is the one, bruh. <laughs> yeah, so this one right here is from Mother Earth Brewing Company. It's their abstract consciousness. It is a New England IPA. It clocks in and at 7.3%. Sweet. And it's and it's brewed in California. Let's it's give that one. one a go. Let me know Salud. what you think. Who? Salud. Salud. Wow. Salud. Now that. What'd you think, Coop? It's my kind of beer. <laughs> we found it. We have arrived. That's the one. That's the one for you, huh? And, and I was gonna say, IPA. Is always the top of my list. Okay. I P A. <laughs> you have a preference over New England or West Coast? Mm, nope. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> when it's like that, that tastes like some berries beer that I've drank before. Mm, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Nice. Nothing wrong with that one. And those, and again, like you mentioned earlier, these are one of those beers where it's like, like you're saying, like a porter. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't have to drink a lot of them. If, if, you're, if you're just in the mood for a beer and you want to kind of accomplish that, like get that feel, one of these. Yeah. Well, this is why I stopped drinking, guys. Okay. This, I can't drink one. Ah. I get hungry. Mm. It tastes good. And then. I start having another one. And, and then you're, now you're eating and now you're washing it down with. And another one. And another one. And another one. <laughs> I will go on those. Yeah. yeah okay. Let's go, let's go. So I will so. go on India India Pale, bro. Anything, IPA. I'm going. Ah. Uh, so, so um, one thing that logistically I wasn't able to accomplish is um, shouts to the homies at Twin Flame Brewing. It's a home brewing couple um, who I've connected with, and right now as we speak, we have our our second collab beer it is already canned, and it's called Piña Lengua. Ooh. With Coco, um, oh shit! It's it's the second variation. That was the second variation of the first one we did. Um, the first time around, we we brewed a you know a batch, um, but but they didn't have canning capabilities just yet. It's the sequel right. to the prequel. So now it's the sequel to the prequel, which makes it the first one. Right. <laughs> but uh, but so we've got the cans. Um, I, I hope everybody out there is enjoying them. If you're looking for them, hit me up. Um, I'll, I'll get something over to you. I'm gonna figure out the logistics, <laughs> and I'll make sure that some some of them make it to the island here. I would love to hear your thoughts on well, them. Sure. And uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 looking forward to everybody's opinions on them. Just like the homies Diana and Brian are at Twin Flame. So, um, with that being said, um, shouts to Twin Flame. Uh, shouts to uh, Mama Juana King, all the sponsors. Coop. One last thing we got to do here is we got to get get the real quick one through four. Um, your most favorite, the least favorite. Let me know where you stand. 
I mean, I, I have a feeling I know where number one is going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Uno. The Abstract Consciousness by yes. Mother Earth. Okay. And then you got the Vilema. Uh, okay. No, oh, no. The Vanilla Porter. Yep. Okay. Breckenridge Ridge got the second place. Trace. Got you. The pumpkin ale on the last one. So Abstract. You know, the, the pumpkin. I like pumpkin still, but it was just, you know, because it's pumpkin. Pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It doesn't. It was good though, but you, yeah, you don't think you know, beer when you think pumpkin. Yeah, There's a couple really, sweet potato you know. ones too that are out there that are pretty good too. But but I think in this season right now it might be a good thing. Yes, the timing, you, and that's and that's exactly why I picked that one up because it's like the timing of it. I like guess yeah. October. Right here now, we are. episode ninety-eight. You start cracking some, you know, some desserts. Like I don't eat desserts, but maybe this time of year I might eat some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Perfect, right there, pumpkin. Exactly. You know, really, really nice. Really nice. Salutary. Yep. One, oh yeah, one more time. Let's one more time. Let's go. Yeah, one more time. Get some on the end there. Mom, Rob, where you at? You good? So I like to fast before I drink. So you could feel I'm feeling it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Salute. Salute. Bruce Beeson needs the podcast. And we have reached the beats portion of the podcast. Um, this is the portion where we get to know Typically we get to know our guests Musical taste playlist But we have producers In the house So that changes things up a little bit uh, We have somebody who has a wealth of knowledge When it comes to music, beats um, He shared a little bit of the information of us, With us earlier on when he spoke about um, Producing reggae music And how Most casual listeners it's, it's, it's reggae on the surface But there's so much more that goes into it um, Whether it's The dub plate <laughs> or, or, or all around The vibe With, with reggae music um, there, was, there was a special request We're going to go back a little bit And we're going to talk about what a dub plate is And the connection to reggae music Yes That the dub plate has Cool, educate us please The floor is yours so, uh, in a time where there was uh, it was difficult to get your ideas onto vinyl, let's say you created something and you felt like this couldn't wait. Um, I have this event this weekend, and, and I, I, it's not because you know uh, it's not because there was a song that we wanted to put out. It was a message. Wanted to send out, right? Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't such a long composition. It was something short, gotcha. but it was about the message, right? And we felt like, how can we get our message across? When we started doing private radio stations in late '80s, it's like, how can we get this across while I'm playing vinyl? Like, there has to be a way when we can get this onto, you know, and. Uh, through friends of a friends, introduced me to one of the kings of reggae, Selective Waggy T from Miami. He's one of the biggest selectors in the building now. He's you know he's got Waggy T movements doing big things, right? That's so Waggy T, another name that popped up yeah. on a lot of radio advertisements. Now that I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, a lot. Yeah, he got. He's the Bruce Lee of Jamaica. Wow, wow. Chinese Jamaican. Has that look like mm. he'll kick you in the teeth with the next song he's gonna play? Yeah. That's what he would do. To sound <laughs> systems. A lot of shows. It wasn't just his own music. Yeah. He brought 
artist too, Miami. Mm. Yeah, he was the G, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't know how big of a family they were. Uncles and uncles and uncles and cousins and cousins that are in the industry, you know, fixing speakers and turntables, so on and so on. And so through that little avenue, fixing subwoofers and turntables at this one spot that was down like close to Cutler Ridge, you know, okay. down there, they yeah. had various reggae warehouses. Okay. You know what I mean? So down there, I was just like, huh, you know, I recognize the names of these warehouses I'm like wait a minute are you telling me that these are the real guys like you know these labels are right here like mm. makes sense Miami you know but so anyway you know I just go up, keep on about my way and he tells me when I when I go to the spot he tells me oh there's this guy he makes juices but he also presses dub plates <laughs> I'm like what huh he makes juices juices by day dub plates by night <laughs> but he also has a dub plate I gotta check this out And you know how At that time We were curious With um, the drinks That Jamaicans Were making Yeah, yeah. yeah. Roots drinks Irish yeah. mm -hmm. Even their like Carrots and ginger And whatever And this Peanut guy Peanut punch Yeah Ital Ital vibes And this guy Was the G of Ital Like <laughs> In little plastic That was the source You know Well you want some juice Atomic juices Was the name of this Atomic spot. juices Wow I'm like, I'm going to check them out. And first thing we did was like, yo, before even the session, I'm like, I'm going to buy some juices. We're going to drink this right now. I think we need some energy. <laughs> some get right. <laughs> get right. Went into the lab, you know, a little dub plate thing, you know, just like a Jamaican lab. It only fits us. And it's mm. about the size of this table. A little longer. Yeah. yeah. And the walls are filled with equipment. The walls are filled with equipment. There's barely space to breathe. And it's the dub plate lab, and right there you would see the dub plate machine. Vacuum, it's a big machine. I mean, the, the thing had to get warmed up like a freaking 18 wheeler truck. You know? Wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you had to let it run for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even do a test before you're even gonna print yeah. a dub plate. So, um, we had a lot of stuff that was on tape at that time, right? It was like, yeah. so the quality ain't gonna be so great, but you know, we had metal tapes. Chrome, yep. metal tapes, like yep. right, Dolby. right, NR. the Dolby, see, yeah, 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 yeah. Up. that Dolby was the tool, man, mm. it made your tape sound clean, mm -hmm. so you put on a metal tape, put it on Dolby, and I'm going to take it to this guy, he's like, yo, I got a tape, he's like, you sure, it's good? here's the tape, he's like, well, it sounds pretty good, and he would just press it on to the dub tape, $20 a side, at that time, it was pretty cheap. One, one play, one yeah. But you could do two songs if, right. you know, you had three minutes each song. You know, you could fit two songs, but you know, you could fill up one side and fill up the other side, right? Yeah. And it doesn't last for, forever like vinyl mm. because because the plate, right? There's a metal lacquer plate in the center of it, and it, it weighs heavier than a record. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's thicker. And, yeah. and it's yeah. slightly thicker. So the lacquer that goes on top of that is that wax vinyl that so you know the metal plate is in the center so mm. by overplaying it you can run out of space and it starts to and reach and reach the and it'll start to sound funny right? mm. 
Gotcha. That's why it's a dub plate. It's not going to last forever. Yeah. It's going to be something new. But the purpose of it, you like know? you said, was like, we have to get this message the out message. now. Yeah. Like, this cannot wait. Yeah. Like Same we, way the reggae, the reggae sound systems were used. It. They were, they wanted to murder the sound system, and the way to get out that song was on a dub plate and surprise their opponent with these weapons. During the clashes. Right. You can't yeah. get this record. You're not, Nobody, yeah. This is not Nobody. a record this is special. available at the store. This we changed the, the words just to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, was, we changed the, the words and we clash. even put your name in it yeah. and told you that you ain't shit. Yes. With and somebody great like Bob Marty singing it or something. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That so, was what I understood that... Yeah. It was about using that tool, like, oh, I can say this, or I can do this with the thing. Now, Khaled came into the picture. Never heard of him. No. All right. <laughs> now, Khaled Shout came Khaled. into He's the picture. He's a listener of the podcast. You know, yeah. he came into the picture, into the, you know, pirate radio station picture yeah. with dub plates, and was using the Jamaican dub plate. Now it's in hip hop. That tactic. That tactic. Got you. With Karis One and Fat Joe, and then got in Terror Squad and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Right? Still doing it. We were on Mix 96. Mm -hmm. A bunch of us were on there. You know, that that building probably had the most pirate radio stations in one building. Yeah. <laughs> Just different apartments. Yo, and we were interrupting the signal to Miami Airport airplanes. No. The airplanes would come right there, bro. FCC came. You breaking into like the the uh, oh. the the, um, Ooh, the, the towers, yeah, 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 the towers, the towers communication. Yeah, so they're so they're hearing hip hop when they're landing. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, what the soul hell? plane way before soul plane. Where's this coming from? We the I'm landing where? You know what I mean? Smart, <laughs> We had friends, all right. Okay, at that time I was in 94.3. I don't know if any of you remember. Okay, so 94.3, all right. This was a little more gangster radio, all right? There was a pet down involved. Yeah, you know, so so anyway, we had a warning. It's like, uh, you guys need to get the hell out of here right now. Yeah. They coming for you. Wow. All of FCC, I mean... There wasn't an FCC office or an agent in all of Florida. There was no need. It was, there was no need. It was never a thing before. Was, who enforced what? So you know they came from a long way. And they they came business. from everywhere, bro. <laughs> My boy was like, yo, they're coming. That's all he said. They're coming. We had to you know, pack the fuck out. Now, luckily, Mix 96 did their jump and we did our jump. But the other three stations that stayed there, mm-hmm, not so lucky. Wow. They ain't listen. They got hit hard. Well, I mean, they were, you know, also breaking all the rules, you know. The, the callers that will, call, <laughs> that will call in, you know how ignorant some of them can get in Miami. Uh, Daytime cussing don't work on radio. Yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, That's why the dumb button is. And, and then that was, that destroyed. No delay, I imagine. That wasn't beginning. even like something Nothing. that existed. Nope. No, no, no. There was open calls like, bitch. <laughs> they were cussing each other. People man. were airing out their grievances on that before social media. All day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, they I were talking me. about their drama and all that. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're right. That was exactly what was going on. So they weren't having that. I think it was one of the unique things about Miami. I mean, I can't really speak to other cities because I didn't grow up in other cities. But yeah. when artists would visit, you know, you know, a local promoter books an artist and 
invites them to come to the city, pays them to do a performance at whatever club, whether it's Atlanta or Seattle, whatever. When they come to Miami, it was like, the promoter was like, yo, 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 you gotta come over here to this pirate radio station. You know, and we'll get you in the air because that's what everybody was listening to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then the, the whoever is spinning at the pirate station is like, oh, yo, come with me back to the lab. We're gonna do this duplet. I wanna get Boom. you on this duplet. I want you to do a, do a drop for me, mm. whatever. So mm -hmm. it seemed like there was a, ve a vehicle from, for integrating. Uh, or the likelihood of integrating um, these artists into our scene more, mm. more so than if they were to vi when they visit other cities, or maybe right. maybe other cities had their unique, whether it was car culture or whatever. Mm -hmm. But Miami had a the pirate radio stations and the and, and the dub labs and the reggae scene, and it was yeah. just just like if, as an artist coming to Miami, you were like, I'm gonna stick. Around. Yo, there's a scene. You, you, you were uncomfortable. You know, all you saw was. The mainstream media version right, of Miami, surface, yeah. but you touch down as an artist to perform there. You touch down, all of a sudden you're like, "Yo, you're peeling layers back." Yeah, and you're like, yeah. and you're plugging in with the local cats, and then oh, they're yeah. repping your shit, and they're putting them on your their mixtapes, and so it, it built. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just yeah, promotion teams at that time, right? right? When we would be there, like you know, we didn't have to go shopping for records heavy like we did. Right at that point, they would actually come and service us at the club. Right. Hey, we got some new records for y'all. I'm like, word? When Rockets came out, Rockets yeah, when records. Yeah, when the New York City labels got hip to, to the underground scene, it became like, oh, they started like out. sending records. They're like, yo, yeah. hold up, like, yeah. we need our music down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I have to, I have to say that I imagine that uh, DJ EFN was a, a big part of this too, as far as promoting for the, sure. you know, with the street teams and, and making stuff move around. Um, so shouts to EFN, uh, that's that's people's, that's Bruce Beach yep. and these alumni as well. Yep. Um, and I, but but it, he, I he missed always, out on that. Though. He always practices. He always preaches the the effect of that that street team. The, mm -hmm. They're reaching out and getting to these these areas that were the were the spots where everybody was tapped into. That wasn't the the mainstay. The, the main stage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I, I missed out on EFN coming here. He came here. And oh. and I didn't know. Oh, he was here in Hawaii. Yeah, I didn't know that he was doing the drink champs shit right before drink champs, right? Okay. But he came here to this really famous bar that's not too far from here, right? He's like, I'm at so and so bar, and I'm like, oh, I know this is big trouble, bro. This is trouble, <laughs> trouble, trouble. This is home finding its way to you. <laughs> know what I mean? And I'm like, and and whoa, I had a really rough night. I was like the night before and my girl was like uh no I didn't even ask her <laughs> Say I, that. I was Say still no talking to him on the phone and she was like no what you mean no it's my boyfriend man no 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 what no no <laughs> cause I came home like 8am that day Ooh. so little I DJ till 5 in the morning did a 7 hour set went into after hours the guy was like we're not gonna close Going to the <laughs> All right, you're gonna pay me extra, right? It's interesting. The challenge is the work ethic. The challenge is the DJ. Yeah. And I came into the crib. I was like, "Yo, I'm trying to play sober. It's not happening." <laughs> <laughs> not tonight. One thing I've learned before, even way before I got into a podcast, one thing I've learned is when you are feeling the vibe, let's say. Yep. The more you're telling yourself, act straight, act sober, act sober. That's not the perception around you. You are being viewed and people are like, this dude's drunk. And and in your mind, you're kind of like, no, keep yourself together. Talk normal. Talk normal. 
walk straight, you know. And everybody else around you is like, oh, he drunk. Especially he's when drunk. I think I go straight to sleep, and then there's a big story between the oh, I went straight to sleep. They fill in the gaps. The, what, Somebody what? fills in the gaps for you. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? What do you mean? Yeah, I like I like to look. I like to start getting into deep knowledge. Mm. At like three in the morning. Wait, just to be clear, we're still in the music section. Yeah, we're still beating. <laughs> we somehow grew back into like drunk philosophies somehow. I don't know. We, we veered back here. Three in the morning. I'm talking about yo. What kind of country we living in? What we're gonna do about it? Mm. And all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, man. but like like Skin said, we are in the beat section. So yeah, we, man. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention or, or or get into just when you started getting into production. Yeah. So um, in that time in Miami, when uh, we were thinking of we needed a space where we can be creative. About. 1991. Oh yeah, right after Andrew. Oh wow. Okay. Right. Pivotal moment in right. South Florida coach uh, history. Wow. That during that time, a lot of things happened. Like I, I did a wild thing. I, I during curfew because everything was closed. Right after the Andrew, one of my friends, his name was DJ Am. Not not the DJ Am that, that everybody yeah. knows. R. R. But before him, right? DJ Am. R.I.P. DJ Am for sure. Right. And me and him were doing those four tracks mixes it was on his four track that i was doing it right and he was just like bro we need some records man and i'm gonna pick you up this day and we're gonna go to new york and you know we're gonna go because he knew how many times i just i drove up there i, I knew that thing with my eyes closed i could yeah. drive up and down with that mm-hmm. piece right he's like I'm, we're gonna go but we ain't know that andrew was gonna hit and anyway about four days after or five days after Andrew, you know, there ain't no lights nowhere. And it's like, he ain't even call me. He just shows up 10 p.m. ready to roll to New York. And I'm in the front of my house with my parents while I just have chilling. And he shows up. I'm like, no way. He is that dedicated right, right now. Yeah. He's really ready to roll. And I'm looking at my aunt. My aunt is like my mom and my dad. She's like, she says no is no type, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. How am I going to pull this one off, right? I'm like, all right. Like, I'm going to pull my dad to the side. Look, I'm going to go drive it in New York right now. Ain't nothing you can do it, right? He's like, oh, I don't care. Look, you know, he's feeling good. He's drunk, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so going to tell my mom, I'm like, oh, shit. No, what do you mean? I'm like, just don't tell my aunt. Too late. She was already. She caught in- wind of it. <laughs> You know, starts going off. I'm like, you ain't driving nowhere. I gotta go. I took off. I mean, there's nobody on the road. It's almost like when COVID hit and there was nobody in the streets. At that time, there was nobody on I-95. As long as you can drive till you hit Palm Beach or something, it's like Mm -hmm. you start seeing seeing some traffic. Yeah, it's kind of eerie. I was like, yo, you know. So went over there. We did. We did a bunch of record digging. It was different than buying hip hop records this time. He wanted to get specific records, but I wanted to dig, dig. I wanted to go and get stuff to make music with. And I was just like, where can we go for this? Mm. You can't go to just any record store. You want to go to a specific record store that has a specific kind of vibe that you would 
want and what yeah. you would want is somebody that's got soul, blues, jazz. Mm. You know what I mean? And there was certain places in New York that were underground or maybe called that they were downstairs, but they were really upstairs. <laughs> Check that. Yeah. Right? And that's how people get lost, too. Yeah. I'm looking for records that's downstairs, but it's just one's upstairs. And, and they never yeah. find it. Yeah. Because it's confusing like that. That's how. You had to know. But, so you and, go to these places. And, and the that's drive. How and you had it. to keep the drive. Because if you could get to a point and be like, it's downstairs. It's not there. Oh, screw this. It's not here. And then you Give take up. off. And right. it's like, yo, you only knew that it was just a right flight there. of stairs up. Perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean? You gotta want this. Yeah. So that was specific spots, you know, downtown Manhattan. Rock and Soul, upstairs, downstairs. Because there were two different record stores, <laughs> right? And then there was a couple of random other ones I can't remember right away. But you know, we're just playing record roulette, which we've seen, right? You've seen record oh, yeah, rhythm roulette. roulette, rhythm roulette, rhythm roulette, right? blindfolded. blindfolded. You grab a couple there, albums. For my people who don't know, go to check it out. It's on YouTube. It's a series called nah, Rhythm Roulette. Man. Producers pull up. Somebody follows them with the camera. They walk them into a record store. They'll blindfold them. And they'll kind of like point them in directions, and then they'll just three grab or four random records. three or four random records, and then they'll, whatever they grab, they come back to the crib and see what they can make out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So at that time, we were actually doing that because we yeah, didn't no know the records were buying, but it wasn't you know. blindfolded. So, wait, no, but it wasn't but, blindfolded. So then, semi educated. It was. You well, were, you were peeping that, something. That That's goes, right. Yes. So you could get a little more information. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. And but even still. How many times have you, and I always I always refer it, being just a little bit younger, mm-hmm. I always refer it to, like, how many times did I buy a video game based on the cover? Yeah. And then when I go and I play the game, I'm like, oh, this game is horrible. Yeah. But the, so it's like the correlation between picking a record based, you could say, okay, well, this is a this is a cumbia record, mm-hmm. or this mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm. some uh, samba or whatnot. But you don't know what you're getting. You don't but, know what you're getting. But, on that but the cover game, sometimes I mean, might be fresh. Did you look on that arcade game and be like, oh, this was this was designed by this this particular no, designer? No, the developer? No, no, no. no. no we had with no idea. With the music, though, you would. You would be like, oh, I know this drummer from this oh, okay, other record. Correct. Yeah, no. Or I know. See, that was such a budding... Yeah. That was such a budding industry that you didn't yeah. know, like, or like mm-hmm. a developer. Yeah, like, you yeah. didn't have an EA. You didn't have an EA. You didn't have a Bethesda. Right. You didn't have the ones that you know, right. um, the, the the ones Activision that was doing right. uh, modern Activision, warfare. Like, uh. well, yeah. So there was no there was no basis on for you to say like, yo, these yeah. th- this developer has been hitting on the game series. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. So which it's is true. funny because at the same true. time, it, like the records is like you're grabbing it off of just by the look of the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Look and the look of the cover didn't always represent what? the sound and the music. Well, what, what kind of covers I was looking for in these records were gangster theme, okay, okay. soundtrack movie um, shit. Okay, okay. All right, so the 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 cover was almost like the movie cover or the soundtrack cover, mm. and then you'd be like, okay. I've, it might be. be some funky shit on here, yeah. or there might not be some funky shit. And yeah, you're right. Sometimes you you get a dud, <laughs> and you get in there. But then there's this one little ass thing. It's not even a second long, bro. It's not even half a, not even a second long. Bro. <laughs> and like, okay, I, I paid a dollar for this. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a mill. But that was valuable. That yeah. one little piece. Yeah. That's why I got into the production and, and digging into records like that because it was the one. I ain't 
want a sample. Mm. The diamond in the rough. I wanted the diamond in the rough. Yeah. yeah. I wanted the one piece so that I can play and compose or yeah. play it how I want it. What equipment are you using? Where are you using and are you using? So at the same time, we started R.A.W., which is a hip-hop recording studio, record uh, clothing store okay. in, in downtown Miami. Okay. All right? That was right after the Andrew. Mm. Right? We decided, okay, a mini studio on the second floor of the store would be kind of cool. Okay. We had to build that second floor, you know? So we were like, shit, we ain't got no money. How are we going to put this off, you know? So we got the hustle. And um, the, 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 the landowner or whatever, you know, the Jewish guy, he was kind of cool and was able to give us some tips on how we can do that. So at that same time, we got a budget through an uncle. And I went and grabbed the MPC. At that time, that shit was almost $3,000. It's like, yo, you know what we could do with $2,000? <laughs> Miami talk. Yeah. You can make a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? At that time, it was like, shit, we could double, triple digit, you know? Yeah. Let's go get this NPC, right? And that's when I got into the sampling. Although before the NPC, I was fucking with a Roland and the SP1200, but those were in studios. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And I would be doing the beats in the studio using their stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I'm paying for that studio time. Correct. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So... You've got a limited amount of time to do it and all that, right? So, but now buying the NPC, now you're able to study it. And then you know, learning the sampling theory of getting records, putting together the compositions and all that was, you know, NPC, bro. Freaking that thing lasted forever for me, man. Yeah. That thing, like, the top four pads went after 15 years. <laughs> Sister's cat walked on it, um, you know, <laughs> kind of like my, the Miami heebie-jeebie type of stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like weird shit happens. Mm-hmm. My cat walked on one pad of the freaking beat machine, and the four and pads it wiped went. out four. So I'm like, all right, well, what don't matter? I'm yeah. gonna eight more of the pads. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That thing lasted for 18 years, man. Wow. And I just left it as a collection for a, a, a loved one at that time. You okay. know what? This beat machine's yours, girl. There you go. You can have it. Just don't mess with the top four pads. Yeah, You're good. Top four pads don't work. <laughs> but um, the MPC to me was just that that thing, you know? Yeah. That started it. Gotcha. It's because I, I saw that drum machine laying in the ground in a, in a rock studio. Wow. Oh, really? um, like, why did y'all that on the floor? Criteria so, Records. <laughs> We're good. Criteria Records, bro. Really? Criteria Studios. You know what that is? No, I've never heard Hit of Criteria Factory. Ah. You, wanna, you, you might want to. Nah, we're good there. You good? Nah, we're good. It's things, stranger Hit things have factory. happened on, on Bruce Beast and East. We, we got it. For those who are listening, we've got a little little beer fall fell on the recording device. But yeah, we got some, yeah, we got some wind blowing. So, Hit Factory. Criteria Studios became Hit Factory. So wow. I was recording in Criteria Studio. There was a Roger Lynn laying on the ground. Mm. I'm like, what the hell is that? It looked like a Star Trek. <laughs> something, you know, that they use on Star Trek. Like, yeah, yeah, like... Space. Yeah. What the hell is that? That was the beat machine. What? So by looking at it, I was looking at it. I was using the SP-1200 at that time. And by looking at it, I was just like, that, that, that. You know, it's like, I kept on looking at it. I'm in the studio. Like, what, you know? Six months later, I'm buying an NPC. 
but it was the second one that came out. Mm. And um, we performed with those funky bastards mm. at uh, one of the Club One events, one of the last events before you know over Club at Cameo. One. Cameo. Wow. So we're rocking Peskin's shirts that night. Wow. Yo. <laughs> Yo, this night, Just, bro. Just, by the way. <laughs> this Side night. Side note. Cool. Side note. Yeah. Cool. No, I'm full of beer and it's all good because, yeah. you know, we got a pool over here. If you guys want to take a dip, it's all good. Hey, <laughs> it might, might happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, we did our first show right at the beginning of actually getting this beat machine. So, I barely even knew what I was doing with the beat machine, but we got the, you know, get off the show somehow I mean, mm-hmm. but it was probably like the most early show I've, I've ever been a part of or done it was just between friends you know mm-hmm. just everybody just did their little part and, and we was like dude guys that were rapping that weren't even rappers or MCs you know what I mean it was like yo they even wrote their own shit right. and stuff like that you know it was like it was kind of weird how it was happening you know it was like they were teaching me graffiti right. I was teaching them how to make beats was, mm. they were teaching me this I was teaching them how to DJ and that's how it was, like, between the, the crew, yeah. you know? Each one's each one. Right? So then, the next thing you know, we ended up with Funky Bastards on stage <laughs> at the cameo. Wow. Looking like Jungle Brothers or something. <laughs> 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 I remember back yeah, in those yeah. days, we was Spooks all wearing the beads. Yep. Yeah, it man. was with the beads and the Afrocentric vibe, and that, that was the vibe. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of, like, what led into... You know, the really the, the production part, like the pause mixtapes, mm-hmm. also was a part of that. Yeah, because yeah. I made beats pause mixing. Yeah, yeah, that was the first way. You know, the real first way. Yeah, you know, pause mixing. I was just loop that beat, loop that beat. I'm gonna play it back. Now I'm gonna put something on top of that beat. Do that. I'm gonna put something on top of that beat. And have three or four tape decks. Amazing. Amazing. See, I forgot about that part, man. Yeah. Because ta- pause mixing was really, that was it. Can you yeah. explain a little bit more in detail how, how it works? So let's say I have a stack of like four tape decks, right? So since like a four track, you know, you have four tape decks. So I have a record, let's say I get a piece of a parliament that's going... I would then chop that and then I will play it again and loop it again right out right on time oh, but yeah. you have to be humanly you on time to, correct yeah stop well oh, stop. stop bring the record back bring the record back, back. yeah yes. release yep yeah let it play pause yeah. you have to do that for three four or five minutes yeah. so then your MC can be like something have, have, have enough for it have enough Bang. room to go. Yeah. yeah. Now then he can rap on the next tape deck and be like, okay, now you have his part vocal. on that tape, vocal. right? And the vocal on this part. You're creating tracks Layers. through tapes. But now Layers. if you want a horn, yeah. you gotta go on the third tape. Yeah. yeah. So when so when you got to the third or fourth machine, what happened then? All right. So because you're 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 yeah. bah, 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 now what? Okay, there's now one, there's one that has yeah. to capture all of it. Hit play all at the same time. Yo, buddy, so, come on. Uh, now check this. It's layering each time. Each but layering, time. No, but yeah. Well, okay, now watch. Okay. Like you were saying, the Dolby. Right. The Dolby cut noise out. Mm-hmm. And the more you duplicate and you want, the more noise you get. Right. Okay. So when we're doing this, like you know, and I have this vocal and I have this right I have a dual beat on so when I have these four 
things going mm -hmm. because it, the timing is all about, like I said, it's timing, right? You dropping it. I was going to say, yeah. You, now you're going to empty one tape deck to run the next three right. onto the one. Yeah. Right. yeah. So now you've created four tape decks and made seven. <laughs> But yeah. now you can create those seven and create 14 more tracks to go on one tape. Yeah. You empty them right. out yeah. onto the so next you tape. you capture the whole of right. it. Now, I have a tape right now sitting in my drawer right now. I'll show you it. Now, if I had a tape deck, uh. it might work. <laughs> this but segment, I can show you the tape. <laughs> this segment is brought to you by Mirror Melt's Dissected Maps. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to the brother Mirror Melt. Uh, he has a, he has a, a phenomenal instrumental tape going around right now. Uh, I say tape because he published a limited amount of tapes. You can go check him out. Hit him up no. at mirrormelt.bandcamp.com. Get, get your hands on a copy of that tape. Um, you could also find it on the streaming platforms. Um, that each tape comes with a code. You punch in, and then you'll get the album download. Nice. So that's what it is. Not streaming. So, so even if you don't have a tape deck, still, you still have still means of listening to it. That's but right. back to our program. <laughs> See that? That's that's great marketing skills. Like you know, never forget where you come from. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yo, I, I, this, these are the tools we used before digital yes. came in and did all this. Yeah. You know, digital shit, right? So let's give thanks, man. Yeah, you know, for sure. We went through an era where. We had to be creative or use tools. Now, you know, we can use tools, but they're in a digital world. Yeah, you know I mean? indeed. That's indeed. why I still like to have the beat machine mm. and the keyboard. Yeah. Which now, in 2021, people are just dragging. Dragging melodies. Drop. Yeah. And drum patterns. Yeah. Drum loops. <laughs> wow, it's so true. It, you know. Which makes you wonder, man, what, what could some of the the greatest producers do with the ease of ease and comfort of technology now like you said earlier there was a time where there was so much music coming dance hall music coming out not all of it was good mm -hmm. but there was just an abundance of it abundance. we we've uh, we've allowed that we uh, mm -hmm. technology has created a, a, a way where we can have an abundance of music yeah. not all of it good mm -hmm. but they, but you you know you still listen to some of it you listen to most of it and see yeah, yeah. um so that's it. so i'm wondering it's like some of the, you know, some of the, the greats that came before us, it's like now with this technology in their hands, what they can do. I'm looking forward to all of it. I'm also looking forward to the last segment of this podcast just because, I mean, I, there's been a wealth of information. I can just imagine, you know, with beer has sparked thoughts, mm -hmm. music talk has sparked thoughts, and I just wonder what, what food talk will bring us. Wow. Will bring us. So with that in mind, y'all stay tuned. It's Bruce Beast and Easter Podcast. I still got DJ Cooper with me. One more segment to go. Stick around. Yeah. Eating good food. So what you eating on? Catfish. I had that. Brisket. Love that. Pizza. Love that. You know we on. We eating good food. So what you grabbing on? Bruce Beast and Easter Podcast. And we have reached... The Eats portion of the podcast, DJ Coop, man, has been so gracious to just play along with this crazy game, share stories with us. Um, we're, we're clapping. There's planes flying over. Um, yes. That's my uh, that's my plane, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> They're testing it right now. So. Okay. I live on a military base. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Yeah, so um, there's a military base involved in Oahu. Uh, we, we got to know it briefly. <laughs> oh, <that's right. laughs> During our adventures, <laughs> they don't play around. 
Um, the moment you tell them you don't want to be there, they'll they'll happily oblige, and they're like, well, then, get, then leave. They didn't want to be on the podcast. <laughs> they didn't want. They didn't want to be. I they couldn't get any takers for the podcaster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yo, so we have reached the eats portion. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by G Juice Remedies, the homegirl lady G whipping up the fabulous remedies. Whatever ails you, whatever cure, whatever cure you're looking for. Um, if you're looking for a cure for that hangover, if you just want an extra boost of uh, immune powers, if you're looking for that vitamin C, she's got all the juices. Check her out. It's g.joos.remedies, R-E-M-E-D-I-E-S. Description notes, show notes, the description box, all of that. It, it'll be there. It'll be there. Um, along with remedies, you know, there's, there's, there's foods that we, that we all take in, some of them with uh, healing properties. Some of them don't have healing properties. They're just good food to try good food. Um, with that, Coop, uh, your go-to dish. Oh, go-to dish. So, now, I didn't know how cooking could be so similar to DJing mm. or even music production. I'd like to quote. I'd like to take the time right now to quote uh, Prince Poe, "Organized Confusion," where he says, "Prepare a five-course five meal, meal while, while I'm making a beat." Already got two things in this so, there, so, there, so there is, there is a connection there. Yeah. There is a total connection. So now, please add on to that. Now on, on, on the real like, I didn't think that I would end up this far in the planet. Uh-huh. To, to then discover, you know, new foods, right? And, okay. But to then try and make these foods. And a um, little less cooking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. okay. I, cooked, I cooked for survival, so I was just doing basics. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I still do my Latin-style cooking. Uh, I, I want to make my rice. I want to, you know, have some beans. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I want to have that stuff, but... Um, when I came out this way, I was already interested in so many different types of Asian Okay, foods. yeah. And, you know, besides Thai, which is my favorite, you know, I, I dated quite a bit of Filipino girls. Okay. You know? and, and their dishes are really, really wide, like many kinds of different things. Banana ketchup is one of the things. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So some of these things were kind of similar to our some of our Spanish stuff, like, you know, the the real ill shit, Mondongo, Mm. you know what I mean? They had different styles of the the way they used the pig and stuff like that, right? How they made fish. And and it started getting me interested. I'm like, whoa, and how and what did they use for that? Like, what makes this taste? Because it was the taste that was kind of amazing to me, you know? I'm like, wait, you know, maybe I should learn how to make this myself. So, you know, because living on this side, it's easier to get these ingredients than yeah. go and get some Latin ingredients and go get some sazon. Yeah, yeah. And then shit, you need to do some Latin, you gotta go to the Mexican spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, for us, we go to Bodega, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. right? So, it's kind of like on, on a different tip. So, being that um, I like the Asian food so much that I was just like, I want to learn how to make it, but I want to put my Latin twist on. Okay. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to make it totally Asian. I wanted within the taste of what I thought would be good, right? Mm -hmm. I would, you know, play around with how they made their fried rice and then flip the the Latin yellow fried rice, mm -hmm. how we do, you know, yeah. saffron and the, you know, and kind of use half, half of the knowledge. They like to use coconut. You know, we like to use, you know, and kind of trade because of the health benefits or no health benefits of some of the things that we use to cook with. Yeah, yeah. Oils and Cor stuff. Okay. Right? Yeah. So in, I started eliminating those oils because I understood what it was doing. Gotcha. Right? A lot of the people that eat, you know, a certain specific kind of meal that's full of fats and cholesterol are having what? Heart attacks or mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. strokes, yeah, arteries, clogged arteries, and so on, right? Mm -hmm. So, why I got so interested in, in in foods after DJing was because of the health benefits, knowing what you're putting in there or what you're getting. Got you. you know yeah, I mean? having a lot more control over what it is that you're. You're, you're feeding yourself and you're actually and understanding and you're actually feeling good though you're actually getting the benefits you're actually feeling it after you eat it yeah sometimes there's things that take a while for you to get benefit from yeah right your body has to process it in a certain way but yeah. then there's things that the second you eat it your body's like yeah you know it's giving you the yeah. high five it's thanking right? you <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and when I was yeah. in the Bay Area that, something about that place was about the food Okay. Yeah. I felt like DJing was secondary. Wow. In wow. that place. Wow. And there's a lot of DJs in the Bay. Like, mm -hmm. that, and especially like nine, late 90s, 2000s. Like, there was a lot of DJs, bro, from everywhere that was just like, everybody's doing their thing, right? And yeah. we'll all sometimes crash the same place and we'll be eating at the same place at 3, 4 in the morning, talking about food till sunrise. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So records and samples wasn't necessarily the conversation at that there point. Was it was nothing, recipes no music and dishes. Talk. That's all amazing. food talk. Wow. And the bay was super heavy because what they had was substitutions to what we're used to. Or we come from the East Coast, or we come from mainland, like you know, yeah, just the steak, yeah, potato. You know what I mean? The regular stuff mm -hmm. that they say that this is the American diet that's good for you. Once I hit the Bay Area, it was a it was a whole nother bubble. Yeah. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You guys got all the shit. Hmm. All the options. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. where I got into food food. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like finding substitutions for me. Knowing more about greens. Greens I never even heard of. Grains I never heard of. So on and so on. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Ingredients that ingredients that would have to be a part of a dish but weren't the most healthiest you would find a a, uh, a substitute because they had it because it was available wow or you just had to just go and look yeah. for yourself and ask and be yeah. like and those people they were helpful so eating in the bay was really knowledgeable because gotcha. everybody's trying to eat better but not not everybody's meant to eat this way Correct. right yeah that's why it's us like you mix in what you, you know introduce. you eat that yeah. you eat that you know what I mean you try to stay on the healthy side but yeah. you, you maybe you might be the kind that has to eat some meat 
right? Word. Yeah. To stay healthy. Yeah. Not everybody's the same. Well, um, the, the one of the most popular dishes in the Bay, what would that have been at that time? To me, uh, Thai food. Oh, so it's Thai food. Yeah. It's just the top thing. Yeah. It's just the way they, they make stuff. It's like, yeah, we can go fried rice all day. Mm-hmm. We all know what's fried. It's yeah. Fried rice, yeah. right? You know. But their soups and their salad, papaya salads. Mm. Stuff like that, they strip the papaya with yeah. green. Okay, before it's right, and it's big salad. Kind of looks like a bunch of spaghetti, mint. Well, yeah, and green, mint, you know? which most people don't consider when yeah. you know when making but a they salad. They make it really fresh, kind of you know, yeah. the mint and make something fresh about it. Mm. Um, but it's their coconut, and I like seafood, right? So okay. Seafood, their coconut, and whatever that seasoning they use to make it. Yeah. Thai. Whatever that thing is, I don't know. (laughs) Believe me, they get mad when you ask them too. Yeah. So, what's your secret ingredient before you even finish? The dude's like, Like, (laughs) 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 Do you you prefer a, a spicier Thai? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah see? Because okay. oh, that's, that's, that's another thing. When you go to a Thai spot, they're going to ask you. They're going to oh, be like, shit. hey, you want it spicy? You want it one through five? Nah, bro. I don't play that shit. I'm Colombian. Our food is not spicy. Okay. I say mild, and that, that and that's, thing yeah, is yeah. fire. You on the lighter me. side. Of- <laughs> a mild is fire to me. Now, yeah. I have had friends that will say, I could take a five. Yeah. Right? And you're looking at them like, are you enjoying that? You know what I mean? <laughs> How is it possible? Because I tasted it, bro, and you just like you just maybe something small, bro. Yeah. And it's not just, supposed to carry that much heat. Yeah. You're, 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 you're just piling the sweat. Yeah. And you look at this guy; he just looked red, but he ain't even sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, man, I can't eat like that. Bro. No. That's why mild to me is good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I hear I'm trying you. to take care of my liver, I, bro. I hear you. Okay, shit. The big difference between spicy and flavorful. Oh yeah, yeah, right? and it. Yeah, I, there is no no flavor. It's just heat. It's just heat. Fire. Yeah, if you're just looking for something hot, you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice the, the that flavor. Dude, he eats like that, I guess, all the time. Yeah. You know, to him, it was nothing. And I was like, bro, you just go to Mexico, bro, go to fucking Indonesia. Yeah. Chill there, bro. You, Ch- yeah. you meant to be yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those guys yeah. eating that. Indeed. Indeed. They eat scorpion fucking blood and all kind of <laughs> shit, poison, <laughs> cobra, <laughs> cobra blood, and shit. <laughs> Yeah, scorpion, scorpion blood. That's scorpion it. Blood. That's a winner. It's a red ale. <laughs> Except the scorpion has an arm like Popeye and shit. Yeah. Or some shit. <laughs> That's so great. He's <laughs> got a Popeye arm. When you when you made it here to Hawaii, Hawaii Hawaii doesn't have a minority. There's such a blend mm-hmm. of people here. Um, so I imagine that the, the food departure wasn't much different from from what you were. Uh, consuming in the bay but what was something yeah. that you when you got here you're like yo I gotta try it oh yeah and then you're like adapted and oh, you yeah. adapted to your your dietary okay regimen so first one's gonna be the one that you, you're gonna like the least okay but it's gonna have the most benefit now you know when we grew up oh, you wanted to try spinach out the can like Popeye pa- right <laughs> yeah who who of you tried it right out the can just how he did it I know. I don't think I ever did that. I did it. 
Yeah. I learned really young, though. You I was like six, maybe even five, <laughs> almost six. I told my mom I wanted that shit. My mom was like, you sure? And I was like, yeah, you sure? She asked me a bunch of times. Yeah. I should have already been She like, was giving hmm. you the out. She was but like. See, I wasn't that wise yet. Yeah. And I said, give me out the can. <laughs> and when she pulled it out the can, it didn't look like how it looked <laughs> in the cartoon. <laughs> And even though it didn't register, I still put it in my mouth. And I think what pissed off my mom the most was the, the mess that I made from when I threw that shit up on the floor. <laughs> 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 that, that was the worst shit, you I've never played. I was detailed in my head, bro. Oh, no. I was like, fuck Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> But everybody in that cartoon right? <laughs> made me eat this shit, right? So it took a long time to be like, oh, greens is cool. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, After such a traumatic event. Right. You're yeah. like, fuck that shit. But then when you're like, you're in the bay and like, you're eating all this stuff, it tastes amazing and it's all greens. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how'd you do that? Yeah, yeah. This is like little stuff, what what we would call hippie shit. <laughs> hippie shit is Indian, Indian indigenous stuff. Mm, yeah. All that hippie shit is indigenous knowledge that white men took from indigenous. It's just so ironic because so many they, yo they hate on it. Yeah. They hate on it. Oh, that's that hippie shit. Mm-hmm. That's your shit. Yeah. They stealing your shit and you're hating on your shit because oh, it's hippie. calling it hippie shit. Yeah. Like. Yes, I. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's facts, bro. So yeah. greens was something that you developed that you you started developing a taste for from between the bay and here. And here. So when I came here, this thing that I'm about to specify about this Hawaiian dish is mm-hmm. called poi. Poi. Right. P O I. Yeah. yeah. Right? Poi. Right? We went to California yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what to make of it. What to make of it because there is nothing to make of it. Yeah. But you're looking for something that isn't there. Because <laughs> you know gotcha. I mean? it doesn't have a taste, but it's a taste of earth. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. You're looking for salt. You're looking for sugar because you're well, not everyone, but most everybody wants the effect of food to be this way a smack in the face. Mm-hmm. Sugar, salt. You know, taste savory, garlic, right? onion. Yeah. yeah. This shit is just like the way it looks gray. <laughs> really? Wow. It tastes the way it looks. But the benefits is just a lot of nutrients, you know, the, the ground, Mother Earth mm. nutrients. Is poi something you enjoy by itself or is it in a. You want a combo, yeah, everything. A, it comes with a dish. People. People like to eat it in a bowl like cereal by itself. Now, that is something is a level I haven't got to yet, guys. So take, give me some more time on that one. That's, a, that's, that's breakfast breakfast. That's, that's hardcore. Iron Man breakfast. You want to run 100 miles, you eat that. Really? You might have the energy to do it all in one wow. take, just 100-mile run. I'm just exaggerating. I'm just saying. No, but that's it's super, super food. So, yeah, the poi, that's the one that's... You're least gonna like. Okay. What you're gonna like the most is how they prepare their their fish and their, their noodles, mm. Hawaiian Hawaiian style. You yeah. Know? 
they're um, you know how we do tamale we wrap yes they like to wrap the chicken or pork or fish around their leaves gotcha. of that same which leaf. is kind of like the way that they prepare a pig exactly under the ground wrapped in leaves except this one is like real small about this big mm -hmm. yeah boom put that in the oven and you just cook it on your heat it up on your pan or whatever but it's like you know really green super mm. green it's got all that nutrients in there so you know makes me think of that song boy oh boy <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how the song goes papa exactly that's exactly word for word yo dipset got it wrong <laughs> and they love yo kids the Hawaiian kids love it it's, it's, yeah. the, it's the thing so that means I can't leave the island without trying poi then. Good poi is gonna have a little applesauce taste in that. Like, okay. It's like, oh, it makes you want to eat more. Yeah. That's that's that poi you want. That See, yo, skins. Why didn't Ooh. we have a bowl of poi before we but before we hiked? It's coming. Before, that's before we uh, before we hiked <laughs> that that uh that mountain. I'm gonna tell you exactly why. <laughs> Please. Because we didn't volunteer to work at the cattle farm. Oh, a chance. If we would have worked. That would have been it. Chance would have hooked us up with some poi. Mm. We're going back. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Coop, um, some of the, uh, can, can, how many of the, the home, the, the early, like, comfort foods can you find here in Hawaii? Okay. Um, ah, man. I mean, I know you said it was a challenge because there's times if you were looking for the seasonings that you were normally... Uh, accustomed to it's, it's mm -hmm. not always so simple you're not gonna find it everywhere okay well there is a Mexican place where I can get the seasoning and get this got okay get the land seasoning stuff but um like getting actual like yuca mm. I could get it before COVID for some reason yuca no more no gone 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 wow so you can get the Chinese root it looks like it but it's way shorter okay you guys long this is a, a ball Okay. And it acts like a root too, so mm, yeah. I haven't messed with that yet. But as far as plantains, like you know, you dig into some of the places you find it. Yeah. And it's kind of like mostly, really, what you can find. You can find black beans, like you know, find all that stuff. But it's how you make black beans. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Really, so um, having the Spanish olives and stuff like that, that you know, you can't get in a lot of places. That, yeah. You go to that Mexican restaurant, but now they seem to be having in some of the supermarkets starting to pick up on it. Like, oh, maybe we should have some of these things. Okay. So they're starting to kind of pick up a little section, and yeah. you know, so that's kind of helping. But um, as far as like ground meat or something like that, like you know, I don't, I don't try to eat that stuff. So I find a substitution. Okay. You know, so try instead to of make a picadillo, it, you're doing something now. I'm doing picadillo, but with a, a substitution of vegan meat. Okay. You know, yeah, like that. You know, so, but that comes from my boy once again, uh, Buttmaster Cash, my boy Joe Weiser, okay, who is a DJ and a master chef. <laughs> really, he's not a master chef, but, he's, but I call but you can him. learn a lot from him. Therefore, he is. I just watch him. I was watching him. And I was just like, <laughs> mind you, this guy is like more stoner than all, than all of us put together. He would drink. I mean, he was smoke all of us under the table really quick. It won't take long. Huh. I mean, he'll smoke 10 in an hour while he's DJing. You want to see his You want to see his Twitch? I'll show you Yeah, you got to put me onto the Twitch. I'm going to put you on to yeah. my homie. Yeah. 
the way that he DJs is how he drives. He's rolling it with one hand, he's mixing with the other. He might, he might, <laughs> fl- he might flick the fader with his knee. Why <laughs> <laughs> he's rolling that shit? Use everything available to <laughs> you know him. Know what yeah. I mean. Well, he is the Blood Master Cash. He's the Blood so Master Cash. Like, you, know you don't, I mean? you don't walk I'm around with a name like that unless, yeah. So his his chef skills kind of that was in, in, inspirational. You know? mm, was like, okay. I was like, oh, he can't cook. Got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo. All right, I get it. True, true. The ingredients that you use, you know, is that he was using the DJ ingredients yeah. in his cooking ingredients. Okay, got you, got you. Selective ingredients. He's just like selective records and selective ingredients. The guy was, he was doing, and I was like, oh, I get it. Mm. He would make that tasteless meat taste like some Spanish picadillo. Wow. Yeah. No joke. Which, which means there's always a, an ability or a capability to create something yes. that you're used to out of something that's good for you. My, my point, Dope. yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that was when I saw that, oh, you can do that. Mm. And I was able to switch over and eat the, those things. Yeah. And be able to eat that. Because you don't want to be on pharmaceuticals. You don't want to be yeah. in that side of the spectrum. Yeah. Needing medicinal pharmaceutical treatment to help us whatever sickness or whatever illness you know what I mean once you've gone that far it's a little harder to come back to just eating natural and, and healing through that got you got you, know you. What I mean? are you a sweets person at all can't no Stay away. I do it I do it just to, for pleasure with you know for Whatever, once a month. Yeah, yeah. We have a dessert or some shit. Okay, like but it's not something that 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 calls you, which which I leads can't. me to ask, uh, what is something that you know, something that you only do so frequently? You're gonna be selective of what it is that you you enjoy. Um, this new vegan cheesecake. Huh? Ain't no joke. Huh? Really? This shit ain't no joke. Actually, look, there's a cheesecake cafe here. Okay. That there are like. From what I hear, they're number one or something like in, in the country. Yeah. I haven't been there in a while, but they got every kind, and, 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 and all of them is just a certain consistency. They, they're not all the same. Yeah, they're doing specific to what kind they make, and that's what makes them just bananas. I don't know what they do for their cakes, but they have vegan vegan cheesecake. You go, you go a plain vegan cheesecake. Do you prefer something with maybe a, a graham cracker crust? A, yeah, graham cracker crust. Graham crust. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Okay. Well, you know, I won't, I won't say no to a regular cheesecake. Yeah. Sometimes I'll eat that. Yeah. You know, sometimes sure. I will eat, you know, a chocolate or something like that. You know, okay. I kind of ruined it for myself as far as dessert. How's that? Sports drinks. Ah, uh, okay. High fructose syrup. Yeah. And smoking weed. Okay. So weed, the whole time, was telling me, stop drinking that shit. Because mm. I would feel different after having the sports drinks and then smoking. Okay. Right? And I'm like, what is this making me feel like this? Like, is it it's part of the weed? Yeah. You know, I crash. You know? Uh-huh. You smoke weed and crash. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah. It's not normal. Nah. Actually, it's the what you're putting in your body. While you're... And then you smoke, and you have to listen to your body. Correct. Body's gonna tell you what's up. Yeah. That's what the herbs for. You know? mm. And tell you, yo, this is going on. Pay attention. Okay. Okay. And sports drinks was 
was the, the fucking wow. thing was killing me. Wow. I am grateful to be alive right now. I've dodged really? various that serious, huh? various bullets. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Close call with a couple of things. So I was just like thankful that something turned when it turned on. Yeah. You, know you were mean? able to make the connection, man. And that was coming here. Okay. Like just the energy, whatever, like that thing, you know. Yeah. And then, well, this will be a whole nother interview, maybe in a couple of years. Yeah. On the spiritual side. Okay. What happened? Who and what happened? The person that was put in my path that I met to make me go, oh. Yeah. Bring understanding. I to can you. change that. Gotcha. Get rid of that. Some of that stuff stayed in your body for so long that you know. What are you gonna do now? You've done it for 50 years. You're gonna need another 50 years. <laughs> yeah. You right? Yeah. So there's ways that to, you know, kind of reverse that thing. But you gotta start somewhere. You gotta start. You somewhere. gotta you gotta make the changes to create that reversal. And it's you know specifically for fast food eaters. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. That's just that's all they eat. Yeah. Because they accumulate, 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 accumulate. Yeah. And that accumulation is just like. You said there was a Dominican spot around here. Like I said, it's over by where you guys are going on the east side okay. by the McDonald's. You're gonna see a McDonald's on that one. It's a one road. You got there's a one, one road over there. You're gonna see that, and there's a little shopping plaza. Okay. And there's this two. There's like two stores. So it's real small. It looks like a, almost like a barn kind of. Okay. Ask. It's gotta be like the left or the right. Cause I forgot which one. Who, okay. Ask and it's you know. They're there because they were closed on Mondays. Thank God today's and it's not Monday. But it's mom. It's her mom. Like her and her mom. Bro. That's dishes. why I'm telling you it tastes like this. Wow. So hopefully like they're there and they're open because they, they like to, you know, take their breaks like Hawaiians do. You know? Yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. be back in 30 minutes. <laughs> Went to take a break. <laughs> so hopefully like 10 we... times a day. <laughs> you know I mean? Hopefully we pull up at the opportune time. Right? So, sure. you know, but it's, you'll see the McDonald's and it's like, ding, say, stop, motherfucker. Right here, somewhere. It's yeah. cruddy, but you're going to see it. It's like, because it's not like out front. You know? okay. That's why probably you can't find it on Yelp or some shit. You know? Okay. But man, Tasty. The food is, yeah. Because I went to his house, like, you know, I gained 10 pounds that weekend. Damn. Fuck yeah. You put in some work. You put in some work. Because, you know, the red beans, like, how y'all make it, bro, it's mm. like, I don't know what. I, like I don't even know what, bro. It's like, 10 bowls of that, nigga. Let's go. Just give me. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. And we're drinking Mama Juana, too. Oh. Yeah, Even that shit is smoking weed. My mama smoking weed. My partner, <laughs> girls in the pool. He has girls in the pool. Fucking bah. That guy is fucking funny shit, bro. And his wife is like, yeah, woo. <laughs> the Fuck, yo, we know to get down, man. Get we, we, down, it's bro. A party, it's a party culture. Abuelita's man. there too, getting down. Yeah, bro. oh no, She's it don't like, stop. Yeah, she don't play, bro. It don't stop. Like when she cooks, man, it's like, okay, I taste it. So I haven't been there in a year. Hopefully they're still there because you know who knows okay. about fucking COVID yeah, and shit. Yeah, all that's gone on. I seen that he's still like repping that shit online. So it's okay, be. all right. So that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Yeah, because he reps, you know, so he's repping. But I can't remember the freaking name of the spot. That's why, like, mm. you recognize it when you well, see yeah. it, though. You yeah. see it. It's not like even, there's not like there's many other ones that rep. are like. Yeah, it's gonna, gonna have a name. You're gonna, you know, might even have the flag. You know, be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. 
Coop, hit them one more time with where they could find you, where they could tune in, um, and how they can keep in touch with you so that yeah. once that, that, that instrumental project drops, everybody's on point and, and recognizing it. Where is, so, you know, um, you, you, for all your Facebook fans, mm-hmm. you might want to check me on twitch.tv slash DJ Coop DeVille or Instagram at DJ Coop DeVille. I might be uh, jumping off Facebook, giving them the donkey kick. <laughs> I mean, anyways, that's kind of how I feel about it. So, um, yeah, at Instagram, find me on Twitch, Gmail. You want to send an email? You think you got have a, you have some talent? Y'all will probably be the first that I'm saying this, making it public. Oh. If there is any talent out there that feel that, you know, they've got something that uh, expresses their story, you know, Spanglish. Okay. Hip-hop, you know, international rap, you know what I mean? Doesn't have to be specifically Spanish, but, you know, mm-hmm. something that crosses borders, you know what I mean? Yeah. That as well. Send an email, djcoopdeville at gmail.com. Dope, dope. Yeah, and while you're there at the Twitch, yo, you throw a follow. You're not gonna de- you're not gonna be disappointed if you subscribe. Subscribe, you get you get access to the uh, to the emotes. All right, get in the chat, get involved. That's right, man. I mean, thanks. You know what I'm saying? Coop Coop is very interactive. You're gonna get a shout out. You, he's bound to play something you like. Um, so go ahead and do that. Um, there might, it is. I might even sing for y'all, give y'all Yo. a rap, and let me know. The rap Coop Yeah. You might get a verse from Coop DeVille. You never know. Never know. <laughs> there it is. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. As always, I'd like to thank my guest, DJ Coop DeVille, for taking the time, sitting down and talking it up with me. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in yet another week. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Let them know that we're on the road to 100. This is episode 98, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Season 3 is soon to come right around the corner. There's going to be a lot more involvement, hopefully, from you guys. Um, As always, Bruise Beats, the letter N eats. If you want to keep up with me on IG, um, send me, DM me your your music requests, the stuff that I should listen to, the beers I should try, um, and and food recipe ideas. Let's, like, build a community and share these things. I'm down. I'm, I'm always looking for something simple. You know, simple to whip up at the house, you know what I'm saying? Take me out of a bind that I'm feeling hungry. If you got if you got something real quick and easy, doesn't take a lot of ingredients that I can whip up at the crib, let me know. I'll try that, I'll post it, and I'll give shouts to whoever um, sent me the uh, the suggestion. Um, what else do I say at this point? Yeah, man, if you're listening to it on the, one of the many streaming platforms, make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe. Do everything that normally happens when you're enjoying these podcasts. Um, and, and nothing. And overall, if nothing else, um, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back another week, another episode. Peace. Aloha.